the Super Mario Brothers movie, released April 5th, 2023. It's been 30 years since we've last seen our titular plumbers in a cinematic role, but they're back. I'm Dil Avento. And it's a me, Nick Nundall. And this is Attract Mode. So what what are the chances I use that same bit on the previous Mario movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get 50-50 probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we watched this movie. Um, mm-hmm. The Super Mario Bros. movie, I'd the... like to say. So it's it's kind of like a The Suicide Squad situation, right? Like <laughs> yeah. they're saying like, this is the one. This is the good one right. that overwrites all, possible, you know, all, all past uh, uh, films Sins. that you might have seen. Yeah, James Gunn directing, Captain yes. Boomerang dies at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, I, I was surprised how many Mario characters they killed off yeah. in the first it's, five minutes of this movie. It's wild. Yeah. Them yeah. going to some uh, uh, Banana Republic to try to overthrow a government. and <laughs> Well, didn't they do that? Uh, they do go to a <laughs> Banana Republic. You are <laughs> right. Uh. Uh. Nick, how'd you feel about this movie? I, 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 we, we had a chance to talk because we watched this movie together in the theater and we had mm-hmm. a chance to talk on the ride home. And I told you already, this movie made me feel old. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was my, my main takeaway is this movie is not made for my age group. And that's okay. Like, I don't feel any spite or anger over that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. totally fine with who this movie is made for. Um, And I mean, obviously, there also are things in it that are specifically directed at an old like me, you know, like, you know, throw all the references to the NES era and that kind of thing in here. But it's it's so scene follows scene follows scene follows scene follows scene. And it like we're not on a, a real journey from my perspective. We're on just a like. Let's hammer out all these visual spectac- spectacular scenes and throw as many references in as possible. Uh, we we are we're not in movie making. We're in scene making and stringing them all together for enough time to meet feature length. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, the movie is fine in my opinion. Yes, like it's fine qualitatively, but yes, there's not a lot of heart there. There's like an artificial heart that's been like grown in the lab yeah. that is the the core of this movie. But there isn't, there aren't things to make it feel like it's a like you said a journey a story a a a worthwhile experience and well everything is so from from the start of the movie the character journey that it wants you to experience is like telegraphed like out loud right away like hey we're brothers and we can survive anything if we're together that's the theme of the movie, right? I guess well, it's not even that. Like, there's a secondary one at the very beginning where it's like Mario is this put upon loser 
<laughs> who is yeah. like who he is small he is short in stature and he's picked on because of it and they like introduce that pretty up front at like in the within the first five minutes of the movie and then they just abandon that like do they abandon i they bring it up a couple times but i guess it is more like the theme is it doesn't matter how small you are it doesn't matter how you know how how tough life is to you if you are willing to step up for what's right and do the right thing and also yeah. if you have a brother then you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna succeed right it just it seemed you know all ages or you know animated movies kind of have that formula to them where they like all right introduce theme pretty early and like you have like a core central tenant like we watched that elemental uh trailer mm-hmm. that came that ran before the movie right and that one's very like on its face like this is about you know cultural identity and the differences of cultural identity and like yeah. how cultures don't but, intermingle and they keep themselves but and, our like, differences can make us stronger if we come together and exactly it's gonna and be, then yeah and then they in the the mario mario being like small short you know pushed around but still like has a heart of gold and is like braver than his larger brother is uh like like yeah i felt like like oh okay this is like one of the first things they introduced in the movie so i feel like given the rules of animated films this is like the the central tenant of this movie and then yeah it does it doesn't feel like it is it's not like mario at the end is like it doesn't matter how big you are like you know or some like silly moral that they like make way too obvious yeah i mean they don't express that but they do have this sense that like you do have to stand up like even when you're beaten right we get that at the very end right and the denouement of the film is like you know mario is is he's lost it all but he thinks about his brother he thinks about all the people he's come along this far with and he gets up and and fights and that i think is what they're saying is like a don't give up kind of message is is we you know woven in weaved into (laughs) uh is woven into the fabric of the story all the way through but it's also so like immediately stated at the beginning and and i don't know it, it i don't like it's like if you say like here's the lesson you're going to learn today okay did you learn it <laughs> like we didn't go on a journey of like well what if i don't believe in myself for a little while and right. then rise back up yeah we just believed in ourselves the whole time yeah and in that way the movie just feels very scattershot because mm-hmm. it's not like there's a point and we could talk about it when we get there more but there's a point where mario and donkey kong are at like a low point and it's like oh okay here's where we get like character growth character revelation yada 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 none of that no nope. none of nope. that they they immediately <laughs> circumvent whatever obstacle they were facing within a minute yeah and it's it, it's like it's fine like i i i wish i wish more movies would uh kind of overthrow uh trends tropes in that tropes. way yeah but, but like also it's not this movie well. is all tropes it just like it didn't replace that trope it just condensed it yes because it was like all right we don't have time to deal with this we got to move on to the next scene because these kids are going to get bored um so i mean th- th- that was my experience with the film was that like every scene was like problem solution immediately because we don't have time unless the only time we're going to take is when we have an 80s song backing track to make a music video too. And then we will deal with a longer, you know, maybe conflict or maybe training montage or whatever. Yeah. Um, to that song, but we're not going to get bogged down in character motivations and story and development. And again, 
I don't, this movie doesn't need to have that because it's not made for an audience that is really prepared for that in a lot of ways. Some of them are. So, some children, I think, are, are very much open to that kind of storytelling, but, you know, they're, they're going for the most mass appeal, right? Well, it's also Illumination, right? Which I don't yeah. really have yeah. a, a high opinion of um, between Despicable Me and Secret Life of pets like they're not they're not yeah. a animation studio that that i really look at with a a lot of a lot of positivity yeah i i honestly so here's the weird thing i've s- think i've seen despicable me i've never seen any of these other movies the minions or secret life of pets or whatever so i've missed out entirely on what to expect from illumination um and you know i uh that's fine by me (laughs) yeah it's fine yeah um do you want to get into the movie the movie proper no (laughs) (laughs) well too bad so movies movie starts the first scene is that scene from that first trailer right where it's bowser invading that uh penguin kingdom which Which is is one of the best little sequences in the movie probably yeah it's a fun sequence it's it does a lot of you talk about tropes you know it does that animation trope where they you know come to the gates of the castle or the you know kingdom and then the penguins walk up behind it before the doors have opened and they're like silhouettes are like skewed by the ice so they look like mm-hmm. super tall and the doors open they're you know minuscule little penguins and it's like oh look at that it's like it was supposed to be all intimidating blah 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 um and like that those are the kinds of tropes that this movie could have been littered with worse if i didn't feel like nintendo or miyamoto like really put their boot on their necks to be like motherfuckers no Hmm. fucking fart jokes no dumb bullshit that you do in every other movie Um, yeah there there was a certain amount of brand protection coming from nintendo i'm sure to keep that kind of stuff out yeah yeah but yeah that that scene plays out how you saw it in the in the trailer you know bowser they they have a little cute fight and then bowser destroys um their their castle and gets the gets the do they call them power stars in this or they call them superstars these superstar right i do want to say it was called superstar i'm not 100 percent on that but yeah yeah we're, we'll call them superstars for the purpose of the podcast yeah uh jack black superstar um <laughs> yeah and then we get and a he, cut and he was it's <laughs> the best part of this movie and we all knew is... he would be yeah, he's having fun. And I yeah. I if nothing else I appreciate Jack Black having fun. Yeah. Um and then we get a cut to another trailer <laughs> that they showed cuz it's just the Mario <laughs> rap for that right. fake commercial in world commercial they made. And this isn't, you know, a, a, like a cold open and then a juxtaposition scene transition to something else is not out of place for movies at all, but I feel like they do a juxtaposition like this um like four or five times in the movie where it's like a scene ends and then we're just in a new scene uh like just throughout but yeah so we're straight into the 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 super mario bros super show is it the super show which one yeah. had the no it's okay. a super show yeah. super show theme song it hooked on the brothers uh rap about being you know plumbers which is great i i love references like this because it was my childhood so i'm the target audience for that reference yeah well i mean if nothing else like the movie i think the movie understands what mario is like i think they understand Mm. 
nothing feels out of place it's not they have you know it's not like they made big bertha a large black woman who is the bouncer at a bar you know what i mean like everything is they're completely aware of how everything fits together and they do a pretty good job of finding real deep cuts and incorporating it into the movie one of them being obviously the the super show rap being the the their their yeah, jingle for their commercial for super mario brothers plumbing yeah there wasn't a pair of directors who wanted this to be a fetish film in secret <laughs> yeah. and filled the set with hookers and and everything yeah because you know that'd be hard to do on a digital set <laughs> well i guess technically a lot easier to do on a digital set but yeah yeah just rubber hard to uh, get approval for this the the Mario Rap commercial is kind of a longer one than they showed in that trailer they made because it has a couple extra scenes. One of which is them, uh, Mario and Luigi laying down on stools on stools. Being, yeah, it's great. Being with like flapping capes on and like being specifically poorly, yellow capes like yes. Super Mario World. Yes, um, being poorly keyed out of whatever green screen they're using, and they're both like, mm-hmm. "Oh, the call Super Mario Brothers were great, yeah," and then. Yeah. It does the thing that people fucking were going to call this movie out for doing is that it shows mm-hmm. that and then it pulls out and it's Mario and Luigi standing in their local pizza shop, punch out pizzeria, watching the commercial play. And then Mario straight up goes, do you think the accents were a bit much in his in, Chris Pratt voice in, that is yes. barely modulated? Yeah. yeah. And it's Mushroom like Mushroom Kingdom. This is my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this yeah, it's is weird. Mario. It's weird. Chris went for like an old Jewish man, New Yorker, <laughs> even though Mario is clearly Italian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my sugar and all that Bowser. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop that Goomba. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they comment on that, and then they just turn, they they pan to this tertiary character who's in the corner. Like, are were the Italian accents okay? And then it's this guy, this older looking dude. And he's like, yeah, it's great. And that's clearly Charles Martinet so they can have him on screen for five seconds and then shuffle him out of frame. Yeah. Now he does come back later in the movie as well. You know, we don't need to say when, but he gets another another small moment to go, whoa, yeah, ha ha. Um, and then I, I, what I didn't realize, I don't know if you know this yet, uh, he's also playing the Mario father in the movie. Uh, when we meet Mario and Luigi's oh. family, okay, Charles Martinet is the voice of the father. So he got a little bit more okay. to do in this, which is cool. Th- granted, I think the father still also has like two or three lines, but, you know, nice. I, I, having him as the father of the character feels thematically way better right. than, oh, I'm a random guy in a, you know. But that gl- uh, the guy he plays in the pizzeria is clearly Jumpman, right? Because it's like original OG Donkey Kong look styled because he's got the inverted colors. He's got the red overalls. And the, yes. And the, yeah. the, the blue he's, overalls and the red undershirt. And, and, and he's got the full on Mario voice and he's playing an arcade game when he turns around to answer them that is called Jumpman. Yeah. <laughs> so that which is, is such a weird idea because like. If he's playing Jumpman, and presumably the character in Jumpman looks like Mario, well, I, I didn't. What I, is I, the Inception I, universe here? <laughs> right. Like, what are the layers of? Yeah. Is that guy cosplaying it's, as? 
<laughs> it's a <laughs> character it's, in the game he's playing at the pizzeria. It's a Miyamoto asleep on a plane somewhere, just like shifting back and forth <laughs> while Leonardo DiCaprio is standing over him. No, but yeah. if you look at the marquee art on it, I didn't see the protagonist, but like instead of Donkey Kong, it's like a Yeti. It's like yeah. just a traditional looking Yeti and then like a you know, traditional looking damsel in distress. Um again. The, the 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 movie is jam-packed full of references like it knows what it's doing and like you can point it and be like oh look at that look at that like you and i did that multiple times where you're like yes pointed yeah. at just like a small little thing in the corner and like that's fun but obviously that doesn't make it a good movie that just makes right pointing those things out fun in, in individual five minute shorts released on the internet this whole movie would have been so much better but you can't you know make as much money as you can right. on a feature-length film doing that um we should also mention in the punch out pizzeria the various characters from punch out are featured in photos on the wall so i didn't um, see that and i wish i did so it has like glass joe and all the other yeah, ones ex- yeah so you, you which means those are canonically like real people presumably in the real world mario world right. that this yes. universe takes place in um so crossover potential is <laughs> there. You, you just really want, you're just, you're vying for that, that I'm, Smash Brothers I mean, it has movie. to happen, right? Maybe. It I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. That's, that, that could be a whole podcast in of itself is speculating on what the hell that could be. But um, <laughs> welcome to our 300 episode series <laughs> plotting out the Super Mario Bros. universe into Smash Bros. That's, that sounds fun. That sounds like something someone wants to listen to. Anyways, <laughs> um, so does this sound like something So they see the commercial and then they're like, "Oh, I'm so glad we put we poured our life savings into this commercial. It's gonna make us so much money." Um, they like start a whole business or whatever, and they like are walking out of the pizzeria and they get stopped by Spike who, uh, as I had to remind Nick multiple times who this character mm-hmm. is, uh, both on and off the podcast, uh, classic character. He's the antagonist from the NES game Wrecking Crew. Uh, he's kind of like a precursor to Wario. Um, and he's there, and he is like making fun of the Mario Brothers and being like, ha, you guys shouldn't have stopped working for me. It's like, no, you're not going to make any money, blah, 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 blah. And then like Mario tries to stand up to him. And Spike's like, what are you going to stand up to me for? You know, shrimpy and like pushes him over or whatever. And again, reinforcing that idea that Mario is brave, but short in stature. But small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And now I just wish, though, that they had done some, like when I think of Spike in the Mario universe, I think of Spike, the like turtle character yeah. who's like a, a, <laughs> a extra large Koopa with spikes on his back. He regurgitates um, spiky balls and throws them at you. Y- yeah. And and I just wish that there maybe should have been a moment where Spike meets Spike or something. Even if they, even if they don't say the names out loud, even if they're just like, huh, <laughs> like look at each other. I think that could have been a great moment. Mm. Um, but no, uh, yeah. So where do we go after here? We get their first call. Yes. Uh, for an actual plumbing job, which leads us into a sequence where they have to race across the city. To get yeah, to the plumbing job. Because their van breaks down, which at because that point I was... losers. <laughs> which at that point I was like, wait, this is just the plot of the 93 yeah. Mario movie. Where their van yeah. breaks down and they're like racing to d- score a job. I'm confused. Are we just retreading that plot? Well, we do in multiple ways in this yeah. movie. Yeah, kind of retrace those lines. But um, so the whole sequence here is a 
World One One like direct lift. Like everything you see visually looks like you know a a cartoonified modern day Brooklyn, but it is like the platforms Mario jumps on are all World One One you know right. blocks and and plumbing pipes and things like that. While they play the beastie boys is no sleep till brooklyn <laughs> over top yes. as they yeah. race across town which is what a decision to, i mean to, hey. to be a fly on the wall while someone pitched hey what if we put the beastie boys in the super mario brothers movie well we know the word brooklyn's in it good enough yeah good enough um so they get to the job and th- this whole sequence i felt like was like this is from another movie yeah. like this this felt this felt the most illumination. This felt yes. the most illumination out of anything in the movie. Yeah, because not like Mario in the games has ever had an interaction with a dog that like there's like the Poochie character in Yoshi, I guess that maybe there's been some crossover there. But th- this dog looks like he doesn't fit in Mario's universe because he's yeah. like a hyper intelligent, very expressive dog character who they go to fix this plumbing. And the they accidentally, I think Luigi steps on the dog's bone and breaks it, and now the dog has decided <laughs> a dog that bone. These... Not they like step on its femur and like shatter <laughs> yeah. it. God, what an awful. Well, I say that, but I say that would be awful. But they do end up kicking this dog at one point, which is pretty messed up. Um, but uh, so the dog hates the Mario Brothers because Luigi stepped on his chew bone and broke it. So he, they get the job done in like two seconds. It's like literally just tightening a single nut is the whole job. And they're like, yeah. that's it. The Mario Brothers did their first job. And uh, then the dog comes in and starts attacking them and like wrecks the whole bathroom and causes a huge mess. Yeah, And it's like in these like super rich people's home where they're the, the only thing they were concerned about was like, don't make a mess. Mm-hmm. um there's at one point the dog like tries to jump at them and they duck out of the way so it goes through the bathroom window which is like the bathroom window. 50 stories up and then they like throw a plunger at it to catch it and have to drag it back up without the owners realizing what's going on yeah but of course naturally even though they they've managed to do that they owners walk in with them shoving the dog down the toilet or something i think they were pulling it out to be fair i don't think they were trying to like hide the evidence or anything flush the dog away um but I, there, there is a moment in it where Mario is like laying down in the the shower because he's gotten pushed back into it. The dog comes like snapping at him, and he kicks this dog. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus! I can't believe they would show Mario kicking an actual animal. Like you kick a turtle, like a Koopa turtle. Yeah whatever but you kick an actual dog like i i mean you would if a dog is biting at you but yeah dark for my taste all all i'm hearing is that he was justified in what he was doing because he was being attacked (laughs) by an untrained animal so their first job goes miserably they go home sad um so that's the confusing thing for me is that like they they just there's no repercussions to that they don't like because this movie is scene after scene it's not scene leads into scene right like they they go home distraught and like disappointed in what happened but like i needed like at least five seconds of the owners like kicking them out on the curb or telling them they weren't going to pay or like no time dylan we've got to hurry up it's these kids so weird look you got to time out these kids and their tiny bladders and if they don't get (laughs) out of that theater before they piss all over the seat no one's going to run this movie <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's a there's a chart somewhere in some yes. executive's office which is like runtime to 
child piss ratio. Yeah. And it's like it is. It's like an expanding chart where you've got like age group. Like if your target demo is in here to here, then you've got this much extra time. Uh, yeah. But it's down to like minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, and then as you get like higher and like the elder part of the chart, yeah. it starts going it, down again. Yeah, it comes comes back down to yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why they start um, should start distributing diapers at every major movie theater. Right. Yeah. Exactly. To get us through these long haul Avengers movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, there isn't a, there isn't a consequence scene. And by the way, I know we're dealing with children's movies and like simple plots, but if a dog attacks me viciously and the owners aren't paying attention to that at all, it's not my fault as the person in your home doing the work. It yeah. is your fault for having this vicious animal and we're going to work it out. We're going to figure out this problem, but do not make that my fault, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, they get home. We meet the entire Mario family, which I love them. Th- I love the Mario family. Yeah. Right. This is, this is great world building. This is great, um, character design. I wish we had more because it is really like single dinner table scene. And then a final, like, Oh, everybody hug at the end of the movie scene, but no, like no real time spent with the Mario family. Um, aside from the fact that Mario's dad is a complete jerk um, when Mario is clearly already down and, and not feeling good about things. he uh, Somebody asks what the dad thinks. I can't remember if it was Mario or if it was one of the uncles or something. And his dad is just like, I think it's a terrible idea and you're ruining your brother's life by going and having your own business. Right. And it's like, geez, I just what a, I like, love- crappy thing to say. It's, it's funny on two levels. It's funny on the first level that like he's mad at Mario for doing this, for like uh, putting having all his the life goal savings. to start a business. Yeah. Right. But also like he cares more about Luigi's well-being because of it yeah like well i mean i think it's clearly like oh you you are the the brother who has the ideas and luigi just goes along with them right so you're dragging him down i mean i i feel like that's a unfortunately a very real family dynamic that does happen (laughs) yeah um i mean all of it technically is right like i'm sure there's been parents who've been shitty about people starting businesses too um but it but we're not given a lot of time to sit with that either because we got to move on and we don't want the kids to get right. too sad can, so now can, we're can going we just take into... a take a moment to just like appreciate the characters a little bit more like i love mama mm-hmm. mario she's great uh you have the grandfather who is being spoon-fed, spoon-fed pasta by the mother and like is too busy talking so like he keeps she keeps missing his mouth yeah he's he's like incredibly slow and like just like leaning in opening his mouth but she keeps pulling the fork away or whatever yeah and and like you said you call them uncles i don't know if they're i don't know if they said explicitly if they're uncles no or cousins or yeah. whatever um but there's like at least another uh, two or so other uh, Mario looking family male family members, and one of them is like in a tracksuit with like kind of he kind of reminds me of Jimmy T from the Warrior Wear games. He's like in a tracksuit. Oh and he's yeah, like kind yeah. of a kind of a fro, and he's got like that a toothpick, is and he's accurate. Uh, like it does kind of look like him. What I um, saw online last night was uh, that the father and one of the other adult men probably brother of the father probably uncle of mario were based on the characters in ocarina of time who were themselves based on mario and luigi so you got like i think like inigo oh. is that what it, let's i gotta look inigo up. montoya yeah inigo montoya you killed my father yeah. compared to mario ingo ingo is is one of them he's based on luigi 
um and like the uncle is supposed to look like him and then um i oh man what's the other guy's name um talon yeah talon is based on mario in ocarina of time and he the father like very much does resemble him Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't know specifically that that's like intentional but it does feel like it is when you look at them side by side and at this point when we when the movie finished i told you oh i really like the parts with like they're in the real world and you mm-hmm. like gave me this side eye because you thought I meant just the dog scene because like that takes up the most. That's what came to my mind. Screen I was like, oh. time, <laughs> yeah. But it was like no, it's like these little character moments with like them sitting around the dinner table. I really liked, and then they, yeah, they also mock. They mock their outfits. It's like whoever heard of a plumber with white gloves? And he's like, it's a calling card. It's like it's to keep us distinct. Yeah, yeah. You got to have a, a visual element that makes you stand out. And that's like the double edged sword of this movie is that it has to justify everything narratively which i think it doesn't have to i think if they never ever commented on the gloves or the overalls or anything it would be fine sure but But it feels its need to (laughs) yeah but like when it gets to like the power-ups and there's like kind of an Mm -hmm. almost over explanation of the power-ups it's like a damned if you do damned if you don't thing right because it's like okay how do we make it make sense that there are giant floating question mark blocks (laughs) that i don't think you have to i like Mario comments, he's like, so these bricks are just floating here, huh? Um, I think, and they don't explain that. They don't explain how those bricks are floating there. They just are. I don't think he even had to comment on them. I think it's harmless that he did, right? Something like, this isn't a problem. This isn't a, a it's not a ding. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the ghost of Joe f- yeah. floats, flitters through the air. <laughs> That's a ding. Um, but no, I, I don't have any problem with him like referencing that. But I also think completely unnecessary to reference that. I think everyone accepts the mario universe as being magical and bizarre and and nonsensical sure. in a lot of ways well, i think they accept it because it's a video game it's it's there for gameplay right. purposes first right? right it's like it's because they made wacky things for the purposes of gameplay on the nes and then like over yeah. time that's just became accepted but there are also design decisions like why do the fire flowers have eyes and they never address that in this movie and i'm glad i I'm like it would be weird if they're like so are these things alive <laughs> like what what is this is it have a sentience? and they're just screaming yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. please don't absorb my power <laughs> well they also the fireflies have eyes but the super mushrooms do not explicitly yeah the super mushroom design changed in this and i don't like that i, I don't like what they did with it i mean there, um, there, are des- there are designs of the mushroom that have it look more like this that don't have the uh, yeah i guess eyes so on it. yeah okay um but i i wasn't a fan of it and it's clearly like because they wanted mario to eat these mushrooms because there's a running gag that starts with the family scene that he just hates mushrooms not Which, a good joke to me well also <laughs> like least italian like might as well not be italian at that point mushrooms <laughs> yeah, are delicious why? mushrooms and Absolutely. pasta is amazing Absolutely. but because they want these scenes where he's going to shove them into his mouth, they have to be mouth sized. But the other power ups never require you to eat them. You can, no, you know, get the fire them. flower just to touch it. Yeah. Like very bizarre to force this thing other than that they wanted this dumb joke that I still again don't think was that there's a lot of repeating references in the movie that is like that wasn't funny the first time. <laughs> you know? Right. Like yeah. Well it's also like it's 
there's almost like this weird obligation you know it's you know mario's feelings towards mushrooms is almost like an indiana jones-esque like why to have to be snakes kind of thing but it like never feels genuine it feels like instead of oh we have to make him dislike mushrooms because mushrooms are just a huge motif in the mushroom kingdom like there's an aspect of that but also like ah but it'd be just like the indiana jones thing or whatever reference like yeah everything is a reference yeah yeah, or or a trope. If if it's not even if no one thought of Indiana Jones, they were still thinking, wouldn't it be funny if a lead character, you know, what if we played on that trope where the lead character keeps getting a you know forced into something he doesn't like? Um, but but it's not like never does the plot hinge on his hate of mushrooms, right? Like it it leads to some small character moments. Like it's real nice when he's like picking the mushrooms out of his pasta and putting them on Luigi's plate. It's a very brotherly thing to do. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. Um, but, and that that's one thing I will say positive about this movie because we've been very negative, I think, so far. There are so many little things like that where, you know, you mentioned like uh, it's not a heartless movie. It's not because I think a good number of people working on this movie did have a lot of heart and did have a lot of creative ideas and like wanted it to be something special. Right. It's just driven by this like corporate paradigm of like meet the tick boxes that illumination sets forward yeah. to, to uh, you know, algorithmically drive this script. Um, but there's so many little fun things in it. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's it, right? It's like, if you're an animator or like uh, a concept artist or whatever, like you're going to be very detail oriented. So it's like, how mm-hmm. can I find like this? How can I put my mark on this scene or whatever? So I'm going to make, you know, a French cuisine you know fancy restaurant called like canards or something but it has the duck hunt it's, duck logo it's on just, it it's, it's just duck hunt in french it's like oh, okay i i this is not it uh, but it's like le chase de canard or something like that like it's it's just duck hunt in yeah. french which is which is like just beautiful like like if you're someone that is is finds joy in those sensory details like you'll find so much to chew on there but the problem is i think we as modern day media consumers over respond too much and care too much about those little things which lets mm. the overarching plot kind of fall to the wayside like it's it's interesting it's, it's not a greater than the sum of its parts it is oh, just the sum fair. of its parts or maybe even less than yeah i i agree with that yeah i uh right the, 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 these little bits did not make this movie but i do think in like i said in in like five minute shorts those little bits do make something that small, right? The digestible size content. And uh, if this whole movie were cut up into its pieces, I would like its pieces more than having to sit through 90 minutes of it. Sure. <laughs> back to back. Yeah. Um, all so, right. Where are we? So yeah. we're, we're Mario is sad. He's in his bedroom. So I guess they live with their parents. Kind of. I'm, I'm curious how old these characters are supposed to be. Right. They, they, they come across very young, but don't look it. No, <laughs> they look sure. like middle-aged Italian plumbers. Um, mm-hmm. And Mario is sad and sitting in his room playing Kid Icarus on the NES, implying Which, that if Mario did not exist as a video game franchise, the most successful video game franchise for Nintendo would be Kid Icarus. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be that it's the, he's only playing the best one of the, you know, but, but yeah, it, it is interesting. But that's my that, head cannon. 
to imagine a universe without Mario, but the NES still exists. And we know smartphones exist because Luigi uses one earlier in the movie. Yeah. So like Mario is playing this retro game console as well. And, and that's his choice as a, a character. He's into this. Um, or does the movie just not actually think this stuff through? And it's just like, well, it's been need to put an NES reference in it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, either, either which way, like obviously it's our jobs as podcasters to overanalyze everything. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of other references in the room. Um, I can't, uh, the, the one I remember off the top of my head is that on top of his TV, I think is a star Fox R wing mm. model. So, so we've definitely like crossed in a super Nintendo area at minimum, uh, because star Fox started there. Uh, but also in my dream of a Smash Bros. <laughs> multiverse, uh-huh. does that rule out Star Fox inclusion? Or like you suggested when we were talking after the movie, is it possible that like a toy in this world is the full universe elsewhere because of the power multiversal thinking, you know? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, a, a, a Nemo plushie in Monsters, Inc. does not negate the possibility that nemo exists in this world or elsewhere right yeah yeah so uh there were there were a couple others out the room i can't remember i think like a track and field reference or something like that maybe i don't know other other old nintendo references were certainly present in his room yeah um they so luigi comes in they kind of have a heart to heart mario you know wants to wants his business to succeed he wants to have you know he he wants he wants something to be proud of, and then they they switch the TV to the news, and the news is reporting that there's a giant like plumbing leak, giant water main leak, like in Brooklyn that is just flooding the streets. Now, is the implication here the shit that happened at the rich people's house that they fucked up caused this giant leak? I didn't consider that in the slightest. I guess that's possible. The movie does not link those two concepts. Well, I think it in, does in. very weakly where like when they when the dog attacks them and they fuck up the plumbing, it like causes the water to like rush through the veins and then like there's a shot from like underneath the floorboards and then like the Yeah, water, but that's like, where like the water down. starts shooting up throughout the floor in the house and stuff. So I don't sure. know. I don't know. I it, it is it is possible, you know, it's I don't know if it's plausible. But it, it is possible. <laughs> Yeah, it's popsicle. Um, it's popsicle. What? Are we it's rugrats? It's, if it's popsicle, it's possible. Um, and yeah, so I mean, like, uh, it's mostly if that was the intent, they communicated that poorly. If that was not the intent, then I overread what had happened in that previous scene. Um, yeah, but Mario, Mario decides that they need to go fix the water main system because that'll put them on the map as the heroic i think it's more than just that because i think yes it is put them on the map it's get the approval of his father because they say on the news like we need a hero to save brooklyn Mm -hmm. and in his head that's like oh i can go be a hero like they're they're laying the groundwork for like mario already thinks of himself as someone who can be a hero even before you know everything that's about to happen <laughs> even before bonnie tyler starts playing right <laughs> which is is a thing that definitely does actually happen yeah um uh when he's in his training sequence later <laughs> um yeah so they they race across town it this reminded me as well of the 93 yeah. movie uh-huh. because they have to go like underground in this like insane amount of flooding situation happening 
um, Mario calls out that like the current plumbers who are on the scene are are working on the wrong part of the system and he needs to cut it off somewhere else. Um, so they go in, they, they nearly manage to save the day, but a pipe breaks and sends them falling down into a subsystem of sewer that breaks through a wall and they are in an area that no one has seen in a hundred years or something, which well, not only, yeah, I think we do get the music here, but they also yeah. do get a sign on the wall that says like level one dash two, which is very much. Yeah. Uh, Again, those like little detail oriented things mm-hmm. that like tickle the back of your An brain put yeah. in. Yeah. You, I mean, you called it right away. You're like another dimension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it is very much the 93 movie here, this gateway or this area, which I mean, so New York does have like insane catacomb levels of sewer and train systems and everything else that are like forgotten about, right? Like, not, like somebody yeah. I'm sure knows that there's maps and city planning and things like that, but right, but it's, but it's decades they're sealed on up centuries areas that of, yeah, yeah, no one has been in. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of a fun like, okay, this is you know an area that has been forgotten is neat. Yeah, again, um, I love everything in the real world outside the dog scene, but like all of this stuff yeah, is yeah. like it's it's the right amount because like from the design of the Mario family to like the design of just like the little chibi cars that everyone drives and everything like it just yeah. it, it feels good. It's a cartoonish New York that is nicely designed. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, but they go down exploring this place, giving up presumably on <laughs> fixing the problem. They're just like, well, what's this? This is this, we have Super Mario ADHD <laughs> and we're just going to go exploring. Yeah. Luigi is terrified. <laughs> Mario is brave right. and, and I, curious about everything. I like red because it's the food diet I ate all, a bunch as a kid. <laughs> um, and Luigi sees a giant green pipe laying on its side and yep. starts to investigate and then we hear like a whoop <laughs> and mario turns around and luigi's gone and mario goes to investigate behind him and we start feeling wind swirling and pulling and mario gets sucked into the tube and then bizarrely it it exits into the clouds um you know bright sunny day the alternate dimension and an alternate dimension uh and the 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 tube itself is like I don't know if it's swirling light. I guess it is. Yeah, it's like yeah. They pass There's like a point. weird magnetic like beam or you know thing. Whatever magic. magical yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, magic and, and they're they're just flying through the air. Mario catches up to Luigi, grabs his hands, and he's like, "Hey, I told you, don't worry. We can get through anything as long as we're together." Which is like this is not a time. I I, I, I guess it I guess it is because it does give Luigi like a moment of like oh yeah right. Yeah. But what a weird thing to say while you're flying through the air and potentially is, yeah. about to like get like launched into you know your it's, doom. It's funny that you describe it as like air and cloud because it is visually that, but it's like obviously like some sort of world between worlds, like nexus yeah. type type thing. It's just like visually like pink fluffy clouds. Right. But like you could slip out of this stream yes. and plummet presumably to your death, or maybe it's an infinite void of clouds, and yeah, yeah, you never stop falling. You starve to death. 
um, whichever situation happens here is bad and just be like, hey, I told you we'll get through anything together is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we are going to die. <laughs> like, what? You're insane. Um, because they're holding on to each other, they start to spin. And while they spin, Luigi's, I don't know, feet or something pass through the edge of the, the light barrier and he gets sucked into another tube and we zoom out and we see Mario going to like happy mushroom town and Luigi going to giant fiery Bowser volcano. Yeah. Um, and they get separated from here. Uh, and then we're in the next trailer. <laughs> yeah. He gets shot out of the, the pipe and slams into a mushroom. And he's like, whoa, where are the, you know, there's that still frame of him looking like he has a heart attack from the everyone <laughs> loves sharing around. Um, and yeah, it's, literally that trailer he meets toad and toad screams about poisonous mushrooms and like oh that's not it that 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 one's fine yeah toad is fun i will yes. i will say that the writing left a lot to be desired for what toad could do in this movie but keegan michael key does a great voice the whole movie mm-hmm. um it, it's like high pitched without i never got annoyed i don't know about you it's, yeah it's not spongebob levels high pitched it is like y- yeah which I feel I, like was like an easy misstep to make. You could make that character just become painfully obnoxious. Well, because that's what he is in the games, right? He's like, wah, 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 wah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be so easy to be like, I'm so fucking tired of this character. I never felt that with him. Uh, I do just wish he ever had anything to do in the movie because right out the gate, He's like in motion. He's like, we're going this way. And Mario's like looking around and like, it, you know, you see characters from some of the 3D Mario games that like little beetle things and those um, those big like gourd plant things yeah. that like turn their whole body to move. Um, but uh, he starts explaining. He's like, I lost my brother. I need to find him. And toad who is already in motion like not stopping to help like because again this movie has no time to waste uh we have to keep moving uh he's not like well let me explain where you are you're in the mushroom kingdom there is you know the the situation that's happening he's just like oh you need the princess we'll go to her um and it's why why assume that the princess is going to help and also that like this is this outsider should be taken straight to your highest leader. I just no time to think about that stuff. No time to discuss it. It would waste everyone's like, there's part of me that that's happy that they don't waste time because we know what, like if they had extrapolated that into a conversation, it would be like, Oh, well the princess is a great hero and she helps people and she could help you. She's been known to help out like that. That would be a waste of time. But at the same time, Skipping all of that makes a logical leap where Mario, this complete outsider to this world, is suddenly fully determined on the whims of a complete stranger <laughs> to break into a highly secured castle and yes. demand an audience with a princess to save his brother, who he knows nothing about. Like, Well, he knows that he is probably captured by bowser right because he's like oh he fell into a different pipe that's like all dark and like lava lava yeah he went to the dark lands yeah yeah um so like that might be the reason why which is like oh we already have like 
a vendetta against Bowser here, so we are going but, to but take. But that's you there. never explained. It's no, just no, no, no. like, oh, that's the Darklands. Bowser will get him. We're, you're going to need the princess. <laughs> this, is, this is what you call subtext, Nick. You gotta, you gotta read between <laughs> the lines. You're right. Yeah, they were they were doing a show don't tell, and I was like, no, tell me, <laughs> tell <laughs> me everything. <laughs> every every writer I know that uses subtext is a coward. Tell me why we need to go see the princess. But also, they kind of touch on this a little bit later, which is an interesting kind of plot point that. We can discuss at length later, but the idea that the toads, like the toads, are the ones that put Princess Peach in power, right? Right, right. So they right. have like an almost uh, deified view of her because she is like so competent yeah. and also a different species. Um, so that might also be like we're just incompetent toads. We don't know what to do. Like, yeah, we are terrible and worthless at everything. The only person in our entire kingdom who can help is our leader. Yeah. So yeah. that might, that that it, might also be the internal it's justification. A bit Wizard of Oz, right? It's like, oh, well, we need to go to the castle to see the 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 wizard, yes. and the wizard will help you. But it's so much more earned when it's like there's a problem that we know a wizard could solve which is you you're trapped in another world and you have magic slippers stuck to your feet you can't take off like magic should help with both of those things here it's like what makes the princess a viable answer to my problem i my thinking right if i'm this character i'm gonna go a princess is royalty they don't give a shit about me i need to get to my brother how do i get to those dark lands to go rescue him like i don't need to waste time traveling to a castle i can barely see on the horizon and expecting help because that could be you could get there and you could get completely shut down and i know i'm putting way too much into this all right no, no, like, no, no. but i, I think I, I think it's interesting because i think it also folds back into like the idea of the breakneck Mart. speed of the, of the plot right oh because, yeah well that's like, why i'm talking about it yeah like approaching like the wizard of oz parallel is actually really interesting because the wizard is the ultimate point of that movie right like the wizard is a person they meet at the end of that film that's the denouement but like mm -hmm. the, the like the seeing the princess is like part one of six of this multi-part plan yes to save luigi like luigi is yeah. the ultimate point of of the the of mario's journey not right. getting to the princess right um, which is a good move like we both agree we talked about this too like going after luigi and not doing a save the princess plot is yes. the right call and uh you know the, the way they do introduce the princess character i really like you know that she's she's competent and skillful and and lived in this world right like she, she fits this m mythology that they're building in this movie um but <laughs> they just don't from the start from mario hearing the word princess he's like yep that's the plan Mm -hmm. She will help me. And it's like, you don't know anything. Why would you think that? So there's kind of like an extended scene of them going to Princess Peach's castle, which is on the top of this giant hill. Uh, so they go into Toad Town and they like, you know, bunch of references everywhere. There's like an antique shop oh with gosh. a bunch of 8-bit pixel art items. There's like a warp whistle. He's like, you got to blow on it to get it to work. Yeah. I, I really like the question block um there's just like three the question bank? blocks and like a line well is is it a bank is that what it said i missed if it said bank. well it didn't say anything it had the chest icon for mario 3 as like a signpost and then okay. the toads are just hitting the question mark blocks and coins are coming out so i assume they were like making withdrawals from their like that that makes good bank sense. accounts 
that makes good sense. I interpret it very differently, <laughs> which is that this is a, a money driven society but money is not okay. earned through work sure so sure. it's like that black so, mirror episode where everyone has to be on the bicycles to ex- <laughs> generate yeah, value but, but in, in at least black mirror you're generating electricity for the society you're in i almost imagine these blocks just exist and everyone exploits them and keeps racking up like an inflation level hyperinflation <laughs> but but nobody like understands that that's a problem in any way right. that's, and, that's why they uh, need a princess to like pass down economic laws because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, the toads are going to the toad bakery and they're like i want a loaf of bread it's like that'll be 100 million coins and like but my family is starving it's like well it's gonna take me days to punch that block that much yeah and, and there is like there's a toad at the the lineup of them who is punching the blocks and he's like panting because he's like exhausted from punching for so long to get his stack of coins and i i love that idea that they're like this is our job our work is punching the block to get money i mean like gold's pretty valuable like if those coins are solid gold. there is a part of me there is a small part of me at the very beginning of this movie where like they were talking about dumping all their life savings into uh the the plumbing business and the commercial it's like what mm-hmm. if they just went to the mushroom kingdom and they got just a couple of coins and they're giants and they're and they're giant right yeah and then if they're solid gold you just melt that shit down and then you just sell yeah. it you go back to brooklyn you find yourself a good fence or like a you know a pawn shop and you just flip all that shit and now you're you're rolling the money yeah i mean and and just the like the ready access back and forth between these worlds you could destroy earth's gold economy <laughs> like so quickly um just sell it to silicon valley they love making conductors out of gold just like mm-hmm. everyone ha- has a great computer now yeah this is stupid <laughs> 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 this whole conversation is dumb I, yeah mario makes it to the castle uh they do a stupid your princess another castle reference um toad I hated proves that his so value because it felt so forced yeah it's not a reference that's funny to the toads it's it's the funny audience. to the audience yeah ish right right like i you know it's funny in like oh i remember that um like, like that kind yeah. of way the movie is for the most part good about not doing cheap jokes like that that are just references that like you know break fourth wall type of stuff this yeah. is the most egregious one of it yeah um but instead toad's like i don't like how you're treating my friend and whips out like a frying pan you think he's gonna beat these guards but it's a hard cut to him like cooking them food and uh i guess that's apparently a reference to captain toad where he cooks on a fire pit that looks exactly like the one in the movie um but uh he cooks for them distracts them mario uh and he's like all right mario they're distracted go and mario breaks into the castle again on the promise that this stranger will help him save his brother who is a world away in the sense of game worlds um like (laughs) like it's just so like why why would you agree to this why would you risk what you're like my thought would be i'm gonna get arrested i'm gonna get beheaded for trying to assault a princess like this is terrible um but then this is when we meet Anya Taylor Joy's Princess Peach. She is uh, the 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 ruler of this this Mushroom Kingdom. Who are all these people who are like we are fucked because <laughs> Bowser is coming to destroy us. He has a superstar. He's going to level the whole Mushroom Kingdom. 
Um, and she, uh, her, her statement is like, I will never let anyone hurt you, which is very fucking bold. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's a lot say I'll do my best, <laughs> but, right. um, so her plan is she's going to leave the next day to go to Donkey Kong country. Uh, I, I wish they called it that. I don't think they do. They call it um, like the Kong kingdom or something like that. Y- yeah. Which feels like, man, why wouldn't you just call it? I guess because Rare probably owns the name Donkey Kong Country, but I bet you could work that out. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's true. But is it not? Y- so then, no. why wouldn't you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because like you know, naming it after Donkey Kong, like the way they d- characterize that's a Donkey good Kong, you could call it movie. Kong Country. Yeah, that would work. But yeah, you're, good point. Good point. Good point. But the um, reason they need to go there, right, is because the Kongs have a standing army, which for some reason the, the Mushroom Kingdom doesn't. I feel like the whole point of having like a hierarchy or a having a monarchy is that you like need to have like uh, soldiers in order to enforce the fact that you stay in power as like royalty. Well, I guess, but it's a it's a world without war except for Bowser, presumably. Well, and then why do they have an army? Oh, because, uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> good point, actually. But also, you've got the, like, in the Mushroom Kingdom, this this gold thing. Like Maybe they just pay off all their other potential invaders. You know, they're like, no, no, don't worry. We'll just give yeah. you lots of gold. Um, but Bowser's not up for that. The Neville Chamberlain approach, the appeasement. Yeah. So, uh, her plan, yes, go there, get get the Kongs to help join, and then they'll fight Bowser um and that's when mario bursts in and she like grabs him by the hand and flips him over her head and you know demonstrates uh her her martial skill (laughs) and uh um we do get a funny scene where then a bunch of toad guards leap onto mario and start like kicking and punching him um she calls them off and uh mario explains the situation with his brother and instantly without any like I need to know you better to judge your character. She's just like, you're a human. Come with me. And, uh, which, I mean, there's a part of that that does make sense. She is ostensibly human as well. And in a world without other humans. Um, so meeting another human is, is fascinating to her, I guess. Um, but she takes him to a training course and is like, all right, I'm going to the Kongs. If you want to come with me, you have to pass this training course before I let you, um and it's like a very like video game inspired you know you got the the red the red bricks from mario you've got, got what looks blocks. like a fire bar but it's yeah it's uh yeah it's made fake, of little yeah. like balls yeah mechanical piranha plants to imitate the the piranha yeah. plants um and then she introduces the concept of power-ups um which i guess are just things you consume in some way <laughs> that exists naturally in the environment how do they yeah. do they grow are they like cultivated how does any of this work no one knows uh but you consume in some way and gain their power uh including super strength i i want to say how horrific it was the first time mario yes. eats one of these things yes it looks like like um the league of extraordinary gentlemen when the guy turns into hide where like his arm expands first and then he's like yeah. and it looks painful yeah. or at the end um, of uh, the she hulk show with the the one guy that takes like the hulk serum yes 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 my like, least kind of favorite thing. i hate this type of like I, I would classify it as body horror like it's the lightest is, amount of, of body horror but like yeah it's still enough where it's like uh it's like i don't need this right yeah 
And how come it only happens the first time? Like, I get why, like, narratively, it only happens the first time, but, like... <laughs> well, it does seem like the second time it happens to a lesser degree, and then by the third time it's not happening. So I could I could buy, like, your physiology starts to adapt to this okay, in some sure, way. sure, sure. Um, and they're not saying that, you know, but maybe that's, that's an angle I could accept. Um, but now he's super Mario. Yeah. He's super Mario. He's super strong. He can jump really high at all the things that Mario can do, I guess. Um, and he, he goes through the course repeatedly to, we need a hero. That is this moment, right? That is when yes. they play this. Yeah. 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 Um, I hate and, it. Well, I don't hate it, but it's like, it's so, I mean, I, I be, love that song. <laughs> oh, it's a great song. Look, uh, no, yeah. no shame to Bonnie Tyler and get that bag. Yeah. But like, it's every fucking piece of media. Like we need a heroic, yes. triumphant song. Let's play looking for a hero. Yes. And it's it like, and the, the, the why? <laughs> What's the movie with John Candy, Harry Crumb. Uh, who's Harry Crumb? eighties movie. They use it in that, and I think that's the best time it's ever been used in cinema. John Candy like kicks open a plane door to that song, <laughs> and like karate chops uh, a dude who's like all buff and ripped, and like it's it's the perfect use of that song in any film ever, and that should be where we retire it. Um, but uh, it's also okay. the right era, right? Because like it, yes, in the 80s yeah, yeah. Still. Like we we are forty years removed from the existence of that song, and the only reason it's still getting used is because a this is all of like DreamWorks slash Illuminations like motif, right? Is to use like right. popular songs, but also mm-hmm. like we have yet you know it's it's gen old, old aging Gen Xers that are like making the creative decisions at these studios to like implement these <laughs> songs and also there's just there's no replacement is for it, it right? or is it just like a computer bank that's like this is popular <laughs> <Yeah>. it's ai <laughs> yeah but it's like that's it's what te- it feels like but it's telling right that in the subsequent 40 years there's not a song to replace that or like eye of the tiger or you know yeah other right. types the, of songs the, the same iconic songs have been iconic for 40 years is wild yeah yeah um i mean at some point they have to drop off right and we have to start seeing something else replace them and i you, certainly you know this is a, a movie based on an 80s video game property so leaning on the 80s more makes sense but certainly in other i, I imagine illumination products uh pro- projects and dreamworks and everywhere else there's got to be some other more modern songs that are landing but they don't have that staying power right they don't get reused 50 times the way that yeah. bonnie tyler does yeah. it's like you know despicable me had happy right so like there's there's right that. right um but, but yeah. it's not like now happy is the song to keep using in movie after movie right. the way that this is yeah um or the many of the other songs in this are um so we get reinforcement of theme here out of this scene which is mario keeps trying keeps failing we do get uh a couple funny moments where he's like puking uh <laughs> mushrooms out and peach is like rubbing his back and you know there is there's definitely like what they've did, done with peach in this movie that i do really like is she's immediately compassionate because i feel like there is a trope of i'm the tough female character and because i'm tough <laughs> i'm gonna be mean to everyone who's right. like you know challenges my authority in any way or ain't got no time for bitches it, it, yeah and instead she's 
very compassionate. You could see like why the toads love her based on her character being very like, you know, kind of motherly towards the toads, maybe even a little motherly towards Mario. Uh, but just in general, like compassionate. Um, so, uh, they get through the whole night and peaches needs to leave, uh, to, to go to Kong kingdom. Uh, and she's like, all right, Mario, come on. And he's like, but I didn't pass the test. I can't like, I didn't do it. And she's like, yeah, but you tried all night long. Like that means something. And that's the, you know, that is the theme here, right? It's like, even if you can't succeed, you keep trying. Um, and then uh, the two of them are going to leave and Toad runs up and he's like, I'm coming with you. And I'm not going to let anyone hurt you, Peach. Um, well, we also I want to talk very briefly yeah. about as cuts um, to the other so- story. Oh, no, no, no. The part where they're like being kind of uh, um, uh, 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 heroically, you know, they're 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 bon voyage from the, the crowd of Toads. Oh, like, they're the best they're, joke in the movie. <laughs> they're all <laughs> yeah. uh, leaving together. And it's yeah, it's 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 Peach with Mario trailing behind, and all the Toads are kind of like looking at Toad, or look, all the Toads are looking at Mario confused. And she gets like to the pipe that they're going to take to exit the Mushroom Kingdom, and she's like, "I'm going to go to the Kong army. I'm going to ask their ruler for for their aid. You'd wish me luck." And they all cheer, and then one Toad's like, "Who's that guy?" And it, like pans to Mario, and she's like, "He's not important." Yeah, <laughs> which. I absolutely love that joke because I was worried leading up to that, that they were going to act like he's a chosen one or he's, you know, in some way he is more important here just because his name is the movie. Right. Um, but instead Peach is just like, so like, eh, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. I got other things going on. It's it's another thing that the movie does, right? It does. It does the small little touches, little details, right? But it also gets these, I, I want to say, like, archetypes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it knows that Mario is the everyday hero in the games. knows that, you know, Peach is the damsel in distress. So, like, how can we invert those that the games sometimes do? You have, like, Super Princess Peach or you have, like, the Mario yeah. RPG games that invert this stuff all the time. Um, so how can we do that in the movie? Cause that's so much more interesting and develops these characters so much more than if it were Mario get Mario and Luigi get here. Princess peach gets kidnapped by Bowser and they have to go save her. Cause they don't have any reason to, they, they have no investment in this world. They're like, well, sucks to suck. Right. We're going to go home. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I love all of that. I just, it's, which makes it that much more heartbreaking that the overall, movie Movie is less yeah yeah it doesn't build up to more yeah um so toad comes along and is like uh i'm not gonna let anything happen to you and she's like huh a toad that's brave all right come along and i do like no argument right like no like uh, oh you know this could have been like ah it's nice that you're brave but you know right it's dangerous for you we gotta go back to training course yeah and so she's like you believe in yourself and that's enough let's go um i those are the shorthands for like these tropes that it's like well yeah that's a great one to remove because we don't need to retread that basic ground over and over again um so they get on their journey but we should cut over and talk about luigi a little bit in his experience because we've skipped some scenes where he's uh, been on his own um 
Luigi ends up in a dark forest when he exits his warp pipe and uh, lands um, uh, uh, like hits the dirt near a pile of bones that like rise up as a dry bones, a, uh, you know, a Koopa skeleton and starts chasing him through the woods. And he, he ends up through just, you know, dumb happenstance, smacking into a tree branch that launches him back and he knocks the bones apart um and and destroys it and he's like oh okay great this is good this is i got this um and the bones as they do as anyone who's played the games knows immediately reanimate and uh then others start like punching out of the ground and chasing him i i thought this was a great sequence yeah like again individual sequences in this movie work so well also the uh the Luigi's Mansion main theme used as the, yes. the music for God, this. Yeah, we should talk about that. They wove in music from all of these games so well. So like the 80s soundtrack music, the like, like, oh, it's a pop song people will recognize. That stuff got really annoying. But when they were using video game music, like just straight out in the in the movie or weaving it into their like orchestral music that they um, you know, were were sweeping through with it, like it worked every time for me. Every yeah. time they they s- smoothly played into that, I was like, "Oh, that feels good. <laughs> that that tickles the part of my brain I like." <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense, right? Because there's so many game, and it's like it's, and I can't like name them off the top of my head right now, but like there's a lot of subtle ones too, and ones from like relatively deep cuts. It's like, oh, that's from Odyssey, or like that's mm-hmm. like that's like a kind of like a B side in Mario Sunshine. This this isn't like yes, they use World One 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 Two from Super Mario Brothers, but they use like some pretty deeper parts of the library as yeah. the need arises, and it makes sense because like there are the you know there's just a such a huge amount of it, and so they probably like went up to Koji Kondo and were like. Hey, we need something that fits this mood. He's like, all right, well, I, you know, compose this for this game for this mood. So here you go. It's like, great, awesome, works. Yeah, yeah it is really that part of it is so fantastic, and it, it hits all of the like right nostalgia stuff, but also that music is just good for the games it's in. Mm-hmm. So it does its job independent of the nostalgia, right? Like even if you don't notice the reference necessarily. I think the music is right in every scene it shows up in um, when they're doing those like direct lifts from the games. Um, But yeah, so we get more of Luigi like running in terror from these, these dry bones and he's like hopping over blocks on lava and manages to get into an old abandoned castle and uh, locks the door and thinks he's safe. And then we get the, I don't know, you call it jump scare or what, but the, the, the like, something illuminates behind him and we see like shy guys and sniffets all around him. Um, and he's surrounded cut to black and he screams. Um, pretty funny. Cause like those, the shy guys and sniffets are genuinely terrifying as yeah, just totally. like things that exist. So using them as a jump scare, uh, pretty good. Um, and then the next time we see him, he is like tied up, uh, and being kind of escorted by by them to uh they're like little dirigible and he like he's like creeping between them uh in this single file and he looks behind him and there's one shy guy and just goes and he's like oh okay we keep walking (laughs) yeah um and they bring him to bowser's castle which is a little weird i guess just like anyone in their kingdom who doesn't fit the normal mold gets brought to bowser is the idea because 
like why why do they bring him because at this point bowser has learned that the princess is training mario which, which by the way like what spies does he have because how did he learn peach is training mario overnight like it's not like it was like oh peach has been training him for months and we've got a report back or a rumor back or something it's like that happened last night and i know about it this morning yeah i'm imagining like a goomba just in toad town but his face is painted white with like red spots on it to like so good (laughs) camouflage in if they did stuff like that it would be so much better like if they like you know gave us a reason for something happening instead of well now we just need to know this because that this problem i have with the movie is that everything about bowser's relationship to mario is because we need bowser to hate mario and not because the plot creates an opportunity for them to hate each other right like yeah it's just bowser reveals that he is in love with peach and is only getting the star so that he can threaten her kingdom so that she will um accept his hand in marriage and then he will not destroy her kingdom that is the 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 premise of bowser's plot which is totally fucked and like i i think it's great (laughs) like um uh but he's also insanely jealous of the idea that a mustachioed humanoid is uh hanging out with peach and he's like concerned that this guy is is someone peach is going to fall in love with because he's you know his, his entire concept of relationships is just fucking broken um i do love i'm, I'm gonna skip ahead to the end of the movie a little bit but i do love there is a moment where when bowser is in like a rage mode and fighting mario he says i could have finally been happy and it's just like you get this sense that this character's depth is that he's just like deeply depressed and out of touch with reality and is just raging as a result of it um i love jack black he's so good <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of bowser's done right like again it's not just like stereotypical like very surface level mainline mario games where he is just like he's just a villain i'm just here to conquer and kidnap. yeah yeah wah, he's, wah, wah. he is yeah, yeah he has depth but like like you said his uh infatuation with peach developed about as much as it needs to be his rivalry with mario very underdeveloped though yeah like there should have been a moment where uh, here's the rewrite i would go for before this point i'm not gonna you know say the whole movie but uh <laughs> all right starting over bowser shows up in the mushroom kingdom maybe his plan is even to deliver the superstar to peach right like he's not there to threaten yet well that's maybe he doesn't kind bring of- his whole that's well yeah i mean the standing army like on his floating fortress kind of kills that vibe but like right but it, you don't bring that you you could just have yeah, him yeah. show up like well, in his I'm clown saying. car that's what i'm saying that like that kind of is his plan like his plan isn't immediately to threaten because that's the whole scene that's true right? that's like true. they're having a celebration in his flying fortress and he's like and now with the superstar i will ask for her hand in marriage and that's like the surprise and all the koopa yeah and yeah. and everything are like shocked by that and he's like uh and if she says no we'll destroy her you know kingdom and then they're like yeah hardcore um but he very much just he wants to be a conqueror but he wants to be a conqueror with her at first yeah right and they're gonna share the superstars so they're both can live forever is the idea um and uh you know i i that i like but i think if you introduced some way 
that Bowser comes in, you know, without the huge army, but is still imposing, still threatening, still pushing around toads and being a jerk because he just doesn't understand these things. Yeah. And then Mario steps up because Mario's always ready to fight the big guy and embarrasses him somehow, right? Like somehow makes it like, oh, Mario directly slighted me. Then you can build that rivalry between them. Instead, it's completely unearned. It's just I mean, not not completely. We we get enough justification from but, Bowser's twisted yes. sense of reality. Right. It's simply built on jealousy. It's built on from Bowser's side. It's built on jealousy because he thinks that Peach loves Mario, and from Mario's side, it's built from Bowser's the stereotypical stock villain, and yeah. I need to defeat him. And like you said, that'd be much like you could introduce, you could inject Bowser into meeting Mario way earlier in the film and do this kind yeah. of embarrassment thing. And then he goes and licks his wounds and then he finds Luigi and he's like, oh, I got it. Here's this other plumber that I can like take my frustrations out on or like or use him for my purposes. Yeah, like, you could still have like most of this movie could still be intact. Yes. With this minor change. Um, you just give some some reason for them to hate each other or like I mean there's so many different ways this could go you could play it like Bowser doesn't even have a problem with Mario like they meet and they they just kind of cross paths and go different ways but then he assumes that Mario is um, trying to muscle in on Peach because he like you know maybe he spills the plan to Mario I'm gonna marry her after I get this thing Uh, you know like you could you could have any number of ways where there is a personal conflict between them that this movie just doesn't give you. Instead, it gives only a one-sided conflict, which is Bowser decides Mario is the problem. And Bowser puts a lot of focus on Mario being the problem and not Donkey Kong, which we eventually get to, or, um, you know, the rest of the Mushroom Kingdom, like, standing in his way. It's just Mario is the problem I have. Um, I don't know, it, it just felt unearned to me. But... Yeah. Um, either way, he gets Luigi, he, he doinks his mustache, like I think we see in another trailer, and he's like, you know, another mustachioed humanoid, and therefore, you know, the two of you must be connected in some way, what's his name? Um, and, and it's such a, a very pointless scene to me, because why does he need to know Mario's name? But also, once he has Mario's name, that's just so for the rest of the movie he can say, we have to destroy Mario! Like, it, it's, it's, it's just not valuable to have this scene um i I guess unless you want to just go with the torture like you want a torture scene but you want it to be kid friendly so it's doinking mustache hairs right yeah i mean i think if if for nothing else if it's if it's played for that for goofs i think it's fine i do like how at the very end he's like when he's done interrogating luigi he just throws him like across the throne room and he like skids across he's like get him out of my sight uh, in yeah. a, like very violent way, like much more. Yeah, muscle- Bowser is scary for sure. Yeah, as a, as a physical threat in this, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I keep wanting to jump ahead when he fights Mario later, which we'll get to. Like he really fights Mario, <laughs> and that's that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, Luigi ends up put in a cage. Um, what do they call those? Like gibbets, the like hanging cage oh. thing that you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I even know and, that and he's like, it. oh yeah, uh, and he's like lowered over a lava pit where all of the penguins from the Ice Kingdom are, um, and uh, another character which I, I'm curious what you think about this character, but a what are they called? Star uh, Luma. Oh, Luma's right from yes. Mario Galaxy, uh-huh. which I think including a Luma is a really cool move because it almost implies like 
if they do a sequel to this, maybe we meet Rosalina and see galaxy stuff potentially. Yeah. I think I think the um, movie is good at like showing the vastness of the, yeah. the the universe because they do at one point when Peach, Mario, and Toad are like trekking to the Kong Kingdom. They like walk through the the Desert Kingdom from Mario Odyssey with like the mm-hmm, inverted mm-hmm. floating pyramids and stuff. So like it's yeah, there's there's yeah, there's like this is a big world with lots going on. Yeah. Um, but this Luma character, fucking, I, I can't stand this character. Okay, good. <laughs> Have you seen Soul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. In Soul, one of the like little baby souls that's unborn is this exact character. It's okay. a little blue wisp of light that's like, oh, the only thing that is meaningful is death, and like you know, right. like all life is leading to death and total nihilist. Yeah. And this character is exactly that. Like, oh, the only thing that will save me now is the cold release of death. And it's a baby voice, like like a literal child is voicing it, or someone who's very good at doing a child voice. I'm not sure which. Tara Strong is here, but with that like little gummy, yeah, that little like the gummy nasally sound to it. And uh, it's like just that that same joke taken out of context, dropped into this character, and. If it was a one-line joke, I think I would have thought it was funny, but they keep coming back to it and keep just rehashing the same concept over and over again throughout the movie. And it's like, you know, like it's where it's where the 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 bad instincts of illumination start rearing its head into this movie yeah. again. Yeah. It's like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this cutesy character was like a complete nihilist and and fatalistic? Yeah. It's like, okay, sure, I guess, like yeah, it's like okay, and what if that was its only character trait, and we just kept hammering on that joke over and over again? It's like, ah, no, that doesn't really, yeah, work. But it's like, what else do you do with the Luma, right? Like, I mean, the Luma could be it would be interesting to make the Luma like a kind of Toad equivalent for Luigi, where Luigi finds someone to save and and take care of and yeah. be the hero for. But yeah, it's it's whatever. I fucking hated it. I got so sick of it by the end of the movie. I, I think if they had introduced it and left it alone, it would have been funny. Like one time that little baby voice saying something about death is funny over and over again. It's just like, Oh my God, get a new idea. You, you are in such a rush in this movie. Why is this what you're choosing to spend all your time on? Um, and I'm, I'm realizing I'm actually mixing up in soul. It wasn't that they were obsessed with death. It was that they, like, I think like somebody's character taught them how to say hell and then all the little baby souls are just going hell, 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 <laughs> and like um, that. That was the joke in that. It's the same type of voice. It wouldn't surprise me if it's the same voice actor doing them. Um, and the whole bit is just like, oh, I'm a baby, but I say inappropriate things, right? Or it's not um, dissimilar from the Furby in uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines, yes. the cutesy animal that goes, "The Dark Harvest has begun." Like, yeah, just the hard juxtaposition um we get it you're a very joke. clever screenwriter <laughs> yeah yeah it's a joke that just keeps keeps repeating itself um so we we'll leave luigi there i guess hanging in the cage because that's basically where he is until yeah. the end of the movie despite all my rage <laughs> i'm just a luigi in a cage uh it's a me <laughs> um uh, there's me just repeating the same bad joke. It's just a reference it's not even a joke it's just i can do that voice a little bit but this is is a great <laughs> uh insert point for my proposed you know how there's mac sabbath which is the mcdonald's themed black sabbath cover band uh let's do it okay let's do it let's do a nirvana cover band but we're all mario characters 
<laughs> okay. That's despite all my rage, isn't Nirvana? Just it's not. <laughs> no. Who is it? Uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, that's safe. What thing. if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? <laughs> no, you might be right. No, you're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Same. That would have been very funny to correct you though, and be like, um, no. <laughs> uh, actually, uh. You'd know this if you yeah. knew the seminal alternative yeah. rock band, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. We're moving into that era, right? Eventually, yeah. we're going to... Like, right now, it's the 80s is the thing to put in all movies and has been for 20 years. Well, grunge is, is like what you play, like, you know, your slowed for, down for version. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all your emo, you know, introspective films are going to have like the slow down versions of these songs like you know your Westworld playing black hole sun on the player piano mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, that kind mm-hmm. of bullshit but i do feel like yeah there there are grunge songs that are going to become a joke in the next 10 years of filmmaking it's got to happen i would argue like, that's all of them all of them all right I like some of that stuff. I, I grew up on that stuff. Um, I listened to a lot of Nirvana and <laughs> other other similar bands. Um, where are we? Mario, Luigi, or Mario is they're making it to the the Donkey Kong Country. That's still mm-hmm. what I want to call it. Yep. Um, they uh, God another stupid music montage. They like open the doors and there's a gorilla in a white coat. This must be a character from something that I don't know. I don't think so. Well, so many times during the Kong Kingdom sequence, I thought, yeah. oh, it's um, uh, shit. Now I'm blanking on his name. Who's the, the Kong with the, the sunglasses? The cool glasses one? Yeah. yeah gro- is what you're thinking? <laughs> I was going to say gr- Funky Kong. Funky Kong. That's what he is. Oh, I was going to yeah, say yeah. Groovy Kong for a second. Um. For multiple times, but Funky Kong has like sunglasses and like a bandana and like a, a tank top. Like he's like yeah, pretty, totally different look than this guy. Pretty all, easily except identifiable. That they're both wearing sunglasses. Yeah, but, but yeah, but they like took like pieces of Funky Kong and like dispersed it between like half a dozen different Kongs. Um, yeah, because this guy's like blonde and has yeah like a like a suit jacket, like a white blazer on, which I'm pretty sure Mario. Like, I mean that, that's like what was that? Mario, oh, Mario, Mario does it. comment on yeah he's like that that gorilla's in a blazer um but uh i who who was the 80s pop musician that wore like a white blazer like this because i felt i don't think aha did that maybe they did in a different video or something um I don't but know. they start so the, the whole point of the scene is just to play take on me by aha while this gorilla in a blazer drives them through a massive twisting network of platform roads i guess you could call them yeah um in the donkey kong like city and it's like i don't visualize anything for donkey kong to be a city for the first like or you know like city might be a grandiose word for this um but it's, it's like some little, sort of like, metropolis beach hut. type thing yeah but it's like a metropolis of beach huts yeah yeah and it, it's like a very weird setting although there is a rumor now that there's going to be a donkey kong movie so if you wanted a city setting and you're establishing it in this movie there's potential there i guess but it i i think of donkey kong being in or the kongs themselves being in a jungle island and they have like a hut or a couple of huts or something not this huge metropolis but they wanted to 
also establish that they have a giant army that's like unstoppable supposedly but also establish that they're like master like like they're like grease monkeys like they like build and Uh, maintain i can't Ah. believe they didn't make that joke i cannot believe it i wonder that would been ding if it might have felt inappropriate yeah (laughs) yeah i'm surprised no one made the fucking uh, called a kong a monkey i'm not a monkey i'm a gorilla yeah because they do call him a monkey and they never address it yeah um yeah i thought about that too but it's so weird that they have like this i mean it's car culture right like they have a whole society built on car culture because like there's no pedestrians anywhere everyone is driving a car to their destinations down to the fact which is so weird like i both like and dislike the including mario kart stuff into this but it it, on what this is not the way to do it in my mind because it feels so juxtaposed in a bad way it feels very forced and ham-fisted but at the same time again it tickles that part of my like lizard brain where it's like oh that's kind of cool like yeah Um, they do cool things with it yeah but like even down to the fact that like when this kong this unnamed kong is driving them around he like drives by a banana stand there's always money in the banana stand um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. grabs a banana eats it throws the banana peel behind him onto the road and you're like okay i see what's gonna happen another car is gonna hit it and it's gonna be like mario kart it's gonna spin out but then this cart it it gets uh, a lot more dramatic than that (laughs) yeah this 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 poor commuter was driving behind this guy sees the banana peel tries to stop hits it spins out and flies into a hut and there's just a massive fiery explosion in the background while while the kong's driving away well he's just dead (laughs) yeah that's that yeah but they're playing this song to it that feels i don't get take on me to this sequence like no it why is it not a car song of some kind or something or or a tropical like i I, there's so many different themes they could have played on here that take on me doesn't hit at all donkey Kong country and donkey Kong country returns have amazing music so like there's so much you could pull from for this it's a very bizarre sequence that like again this is the ai i'm talking about this is just like (laughs) we need a montage we need a popular song which song was in the top 10 for the year that mario came out boom line it up stick it in there like it could have been any song and the choice is is meaningless um but but in spite of just murdering another driver um like mario is like big smile looking all around like whoa everything's amazing because that's his character for this movie well they're more so um, terrified because they're getting like thrown around while no, this Kong he's is smiling around. during is all he? that oh yeah, no but you, like didn't the toad get like tossed out and they had to like catch him and then like yeah they like catch a huge him turn? in that moment like toad looks scared but mario is all smiles oh yeah i was that that really threw me it stood out to me that like mario is just like doesn't care about how dangerous any moment is maybe maybe take Um, on me was diegetic and the kong was playing it on the radio and he just really likes aha if if that happened that would have been better (laughs) (laughs) um uh then that kong very unceremoniously he like leaps a jump uh drops them into the throne room of cranky kong who is the king of all kongs um and just like as soon as he drops them in there turns around and just drives out like no words of goodbye or anything just like i'm gone i like that Um, i like the unceremoniousness of it um he also like deploys the glider from like mario kart 8 to like yes lay on the cart um cranky kong played by fred armison it's it's a it's a so-so performance yeah like i love fred armison like in in the broad sense 
There's, there's very little <laughs> as, he can as do a wrong. Concept. I love Fred Armisen. I, I love Fred Armisen. The concept. Yeah. When I start thinking the, about the, him, I start the, to hate him more. But no, the concept. Oh no! Oh no! Uh-huh. Um, I I I just feel like his heart was not in this character, or he doesn't get something. I don't know, but it it didn't feel right as a voice it felt very much like here's a voice actor doing a voice not or here's an actor doing a voice not um not someone embodying what whatever concept cranky kong's supposed to be um and it it doesn't help because talking about nostalgia it doesn't help that i already have like ideas uh for what these characters sound like from the donkey Kong country terrible cg show yes Um, yes yes but like Cranky Kong is supposed to be this cantankerous, like very elderly sounding dude. And this just like sound again, it sounds like someone given very little direction. So they're like, I'm going to just default to Jewish New Yorker. And that's kind of well, what he sounds I think, like. Yeah, Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure Fred Armisen has Jewish descent. Right. And I'm not sure of his, but it sounds like he was like, I'm going to play on the trope of an older, crankier Jewish man. Um, and, and I get like, there are good reasons to veer from, you know, like falling into any other kind of trope, like an Islander or anything like that. Like, sure. You, you don't want to do that. So that's good. But it, it's like, you're just replacing it with another bad stereotype and you're not really making a character out of it. You're just right. defaulting. Like compare him, compare Cranky Kong in this to like Carl from the, the, the old man and up. Right. Which I know apples to oranges because Carl has yes. to carry that movie and Cranky Kong is a tertiary character at best, but still it's like his name is Cranky Kong. Like, yeah. Give us some crank. Yeah. I say to my I, dealer it, on the regular. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's you're very familiar with that phrase. Um, yeah, he just, he was boring to me and it's really a shame um but the whole premise is cranky kong doesn't want to help mario demands that he help he says okay you beat my son in a fight you can have our army which is whatever okay uh-huh. so here, here, they set up here we go <laughs> they they set up an arena it's this was in the trailers too trailers are ruining movies for me <laughs> i feel like i see every reveal every like i would have loved going into this movie having no idea Donkey Kong was going to show up. What mm. a wild joy that could have been. And like, as soon as you see, you know, like the Kong, I mean, like they would have to not say they're going to Kong Island or whatever. Like well, that's, yeah. that's a whole different We're going to find an, <laughs> an old ally, something they could have. Yeah. yeah. Our neighboring nation state has an army that can help defeat Bowser. We're I'm going to go to them. It's this this movie cares so little about those kinds of reveals because it's right, trading so much in the tropes of the video game. Yeah, because like it really caught me off guard that Cranky Kong just said you're going to fight my son and not say something like you're going to fight our our champion our champion yeah or right. something. And it's like that that's an easy tee up. Like even if I see it coming, just just do it like you and i do both the know that way. you want to do it but like just to not even you're not even trying movie you're just not even trying that's the problem so much of this movie is just not trying um so big arena 
tiny tiny little like grid uh, very much meant to look like um the original donkey kong game like yeah the girders steel girders um but also surrounded by a, a tropical you know like coliseum <laughs> i don't know mm. like lots of different visuals mashed together here yeah not particularly fusing well yeah donkey kong shows up seth rogan (laughs) 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 um beats the shit out of mario uh although cranky kong does explain that there are um uh power-ups throughout the arena just to make it a little more interesting that's yeah that Um, was weird to just be like hey we gave the opponent a handicap even though we promised that we'd give them our entire army for free if they if they beat donkey kong yeah well, he was like, I want this to last more than a few seconds. So that was his excuse. Yeah. Did so my DK rap reference, not for nothing. They do use like oh, five, yes. five seconds of the DK rap when they introduced Tonky Kong, which is hilarious because if they used any more, it would start naming characters not featured in this film. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to stop. We can't do that. Um, no, I do like that though. Like the whole crowd loves Donkey Kong. They're all singing the song with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate what you told me after the movie, which is Grant Kirkhope. Yeah. No credit in this movie, in spite of his music being in the movie. It was just, I guess, a small enough clip, or they sampled it in a way that doesn't require. That pisses me off. I mean, he was he was pretty upset, or not upset, but he was like he was bummed out that you know he was like I went to yeah. the theater and didn't see my name. I would be pissed that's that's so shitty and it feels almost deliberate like this is a person whose name is known in this industry this is a person who like has had other issues with getting credit in the past like give him that now it should be very intentional that someone does that yeah it's it's telling right because it's like that's just how the the game industry operates with credits yeah like if we if we can get away with not crediting this person we will whereas hollywood has to credit because they have very strong workers unions right but he's not in that so yep yeah real lame uh very unfortunate um donkey kong beats shadow mario mario gets like a we introduce a tiny power up like from other games of course but the little blue mushroom that makes you shrink is here and mario almost gets like literally crushed to death um when they start when they when they showed that mushroom at first i thought it was the poison mushroom and i'm like is this movie just gonna end uh, with him consuming a poisonous mushroom (laughs) 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 yeah uh seth rogan by the way very open about the fact that he's not doing a voice he is just seth rogan and i i at least give him credit for that of just being like I told them I wasn't going to do a voice and here I am. (laughs) That's fine. You know, that's different than Chris Pratt doing the, that's not the voice Instagram post. Like a hundred percent. I can get behind just being like, no, I'm not doing one. Yeah. Just get (laughs) Um, that paycheck. I respect it. And honestly, Seth Rogen fits Donkey Kong enough for me that I was never bothered by him sounding like Seth Rogen. Um, I was more bothered by the fact that, donkey kong did not seem to be necessary to this movie like it seemed like very forced to have the kongs in here at all yeah that's true well so many of the characters in this movie were not necessary um we do get uh the cat suit from 3d world uh shows up in here mario punches a block and gets that 
uh, which was also ruined for me by a trailer at some point or maybe like a TikTok clip or something before the movie came out. Yeah. Like every like I, I there was no journey for me to go like, well, what's going to finish this scene? Because it was like, eh, I've seen it um, in some bitter piece. I think that's, again, why the the Brooklyn stuff, the real world stuff excited me so much, because like we didn't see his family at all in the trailers. Yeah. They, yeah. They they're oh boring, you know, real world stuff. No one cares about that. And it's like, oh, OK, this is exciting to see because I, I knew so little about it going in. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but he, he gets the cat suit. He says the meow that was in a trailer that everyone made fun of on the Internet and beats the shit out of Donkey Kong with the cat suit. Um, uh, which means that the Kong army now has to follow Peach into battle. Um, but in order to do that, they're going to need to take a shortcut to cut off Bowser's approach to the Mushroom Kingdom. And in order to do that, they're going to need carts. And he, fucking Fred Armisen's character, Cranky Kong, looks straight at the camera to say that. <laughs> um, like, I bet you thought we were done with carts. Fuck you. You're wrong. We're getting on the rainbow road, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also uh, what what i say to my uh dealer yeah <laughs> yeah i need that crank we're getting <laughs> on the rainbow road motherfucker valhalla <laughs> um they have a sequence where they all build their their carts yep. and it's a uh, direct reference to mario kart 8 where you got the three system where you build the tires and the body and the uh kite that you want to put on it or whatever big big um, a button that they slap they play thunderstruck yes. by acdc <laughs> yeah which is like kind of works because like it again i'm like a big pulled apart here because there's like things i like and things i hate about this but it's like yeah you know there's like a kong that like rises out from behind he's like on this pedestal with all these like levers that he pulls to like construct the bikes and it's and, like you know shiny and there's metal little things that they do like the kong is using all four of his limbs to move the levers because he's just as good with his feet as his hands and then later when we see donkey kong's cart he is driving with like one foot and his arms are just fully free to, you know, scratch his head or whatever. I like little touches that make it more than just sitting in a cart and driving down the road. Um, but it's also just like, I, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's getting peach picks the motorcycle and it's getting spray painted pink. And it's like, you've been thunderstruck. And it's like, yeah, like it's cool. <laughs> But also, it uh, seems kind of forced. I don't know. They do use the Mario Kart main theme, though, in, I think, when they, like, come into the garage, which is pretty cool. Like, I noticed mm. that, and that's also, like, a real fun kind of funky. Like, oh, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everywhere the music that wasn't a pop song was good, and even Thunderstruck, yeah, ACDC's just fun to listen to you can montage to acdc very easily um they hit they hit the road they're driving on the rainbow road and we we do need to check in with bowser again who <laughs> jack black does get you know the best sequence of the movie which is singing us <laughs> he's he's like in a dome i guess that is like set like a planetarium like he's just surrounded by stars or whatever and I guess we find out it's magic that's doing that, or maybe it's his imagination. I don't know which. Um, but he's on a piano, and the piano says, like, Ludwig von Koopa uh -huh. on the piano. And uh, and it's just straight up, like, Jack Black does a good Bowser voice throughout this movie, but when he, s he starts to sing about Peach, um, it's just Jack Black again. <laughs> like, that's just, he's putting a little more bass in it, but it's just Bla Jack Black. 
Um, and the song effectively is just him professing his love for peach and then saying peaches, 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 peaches. Uh, love you. <laughs> it's it's uh, again when Jack Black's having fun, I'm having fun. So I exactly have, yes, he's so fucking infectiously charismatic. No notes that, for this scene. exactly. Um, I did end up. I, I waited until after we watched the movie, but I did go home and pull up his like live action version of that as well. And he's just like wearing this hat with like a big red uh, fake hair, you know, do on it. Yeah, mohawk yeah and he's like swirling it around and <laughs> just being ridiculous he's he's just someone who can in any space just have fun with everything around himself and uh I don't know, he's great love jack black yeah you just gotta you gotta respect it um he is then he is interrupted by uh one of my favorite characters of this movie uh that we haven't talked about yet uh Kamek the magic koopa um who i forget the voice actor uh apologies in advance um but i believe he's just like kind of like a pretty prolific uh character voice actor oh yeah kevin michael richardson yeah i didn't realize that was him yeah he's in all kinds of stuff uh here's a a credit from our our illustrious podcast (laughs) goro from the 1995 mortal Kombat. ah yes interesting um, um, but yeah that dude's been in everything yeah and so he uh uh he like interrupts bowser while bowser obviously assumes he is alone and he's like my lord we have news about the plumber and he's like okay come that's me. a pretty good comic that you're doing hey thanks <laughs> uh and i like the part where he's like come jam with me and he like sits and like plays <laughs> yeah. opposite of him they do the, the it, it, it. yeah they do the underground underground theme and then he like slams the piano cover down on his fingers to be like don't interrupt me um and then, yeah, they have like a back and forth and like tell him to like continue uh, or th- this is when he's informed that they're taking the Rainbow Road to try to uh, intercept them and they are going to actually ambush them on the Rainbow Road. Yeah. It's an ambush ambush. Oh, man. Double ambush on, on a double rainbow. <laughs> double ambush <laughs> all the way. <laughs> um. um. And that, and that yeah, the comic, over. comic was yeah that's it that's the end they <laughs> ambush them and kill them and that's <laughs> it yep uh comic was great i uh just like as a fun character i got the sense throughout the movie that comic was unstated in love with bowser <laughs> like just kind of the way that comic always is looking at him and talking about how great he is and everything and is helping him practice for talking to peach they do like a little like role play moment where (laughs) bowser is you know uh, leading into what he's going to say to peach and comic is dressed as peach for that moment yes um but i think i think comic is is deeply in love with bowser and that is the only explanation for why comic was clearly more powerful with his magic he like lifts up whole armies at different points in the movie it would like follow bowser anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's pretty fun um or maybe it's like a grandparent relationship or something and comic is just like super infatuated with their their you know nephew son grandson whatever who knows that would make sense um, if you follow the uh like yoshi's yoshi's island kind of oh yeah that story. makes good sense okay so yeah which who knows what kind of canon they want to use here or not use here but yeah that that could work too yeah um 
but we we hit the the rainbow road ambush um all of the koopas like drive off of bowser's giant floating castle and start chasing behind all of the um the kongs in their carts and of course mario and um peach and toad in theirs we did talk um, about we did talk about toad's car which he no, goes for yeah. this monstrous lifted like mac truck thing while mario has his traditional cart race cart uh, yeah not mac truck but big big lifted truck like a big ford like you know heavy duty you know worksite truck yeah yeah um yeah uh man sequences like this are some of my least favorite in these animated movies because it's all about like explode 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 like something has to happen big every two seconds um so mario tries to like th- there were moments in this though that i do like just to be mm-hmm. clear um mario breaks off because um a a blue shelled koopa um like declares that mario this is where you die or something like that and it's like why I, I just have to put myself in Mario's head to <laughs> this point. He has never encountered a Koopa or anything like that. And him to suddenly hear his voice. And there's a whole army and the princess. Like, <laughs> why would he assume or why, why would they assume that he is the reason that this is happening? Um, Indoor and, plumbing and, and, destroyed their society. Yes. Decades right. Ago. Oh, those plumbers. They <laughs> swore off any sort of of plumbing profession i'm so like confused as to why not, I, not i'm not confused but i am like putting myself in mario's headset i can't imagine why he would think they want to come after him but they do obviously um so that koopa is in like a big giant vehicle that has like this gnashing mashing mechanism on yeah, the front it's like it's, it's like, like, like a, a cow catcher that like comes apart with teeth yes. and just yes yeah, gnashes together it's like a f- fucking mad max yeah. car very much so this is very mad max inspired um so mario peels off to go down a different path and uh then we get lots of like leaping from cart to cart and koopa shells being thrown and there is a moment and this is might just be me reading too much into it but there's a moment okay. where they yeah like you said there's like a there's like a fork in the road on the rainbow road and they like go in opposite directions to kind of like split up the the enemies and mario goes on this goes right and like he's on this one arch of the rainbow road and then he sees a another branch below him and he jumps his cart off of the rainbow road onto this lower section. And in my brain, I was like, is this the most out there ass reference to the rainbow road from Nintendo 64 where you could jump, jump the rainbow road from one section to another at that one gap. Like that's ridiculous. If that is like that obscure reference and also that I caught it. I, I fully fully think that was intentional i think it is a direct reference to yeah jumping the the course that's bananas um <laughs> no kong's bananas oh uh, yeah here, here, here we go um i almost expected a setup and reinforcement of the the banana peel thing here like that because we saw it before then mario would be like oh yeah and then would throw banana peels or something no we're not that clever uh, <laughs> but uh they um just i mean it's it's impossible to describe this sequence because it's all just like an insane action sequence yeah um with lots of explosions and whatnot 
what strikes me about this scene is that the Kong army fucking sucks. <laughs> like they are useless in this fight. It's all Mario and Peach taking out other, you know, the like Koopa cars and a little bit of Donkey Kong. Um, uh, we do get a cool, you pointed it out, but I, I, I caught it too. When, when Mario is trying to avoid getting slammed by the cow catcher thing, he will turn and drift and get those sparks on the wheels and then turn out of it and boost, which is straight out of Mario Kart eight. And, uh, like that's such a good subtle thing, but also like plays into his survival in this scene. So I give them credit for that. Um, they have the hover wheels also like they go, they go through like a corkscrew yes, and the wheels turn yeah. into the Mario Kart eight hover wheels. Yeah. Again, attention to detail, like pristine in this movie. Mm. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't amount to much or I shouldn't say that, but it's like, it's not like the foundation it's built on is not as sturdy as it could be. Yeah. Um, Kong ends up firing a rocket, which is like straight out of the Kong games that you ride on that rocket sometimes. Um, but fires a rocket off of his cart that blows up the blue shelled Koopa's cart, the cow catcher thing. Um, and everybody thinks like, okay, we won We're we've gotten through, um, but then the the blue shelled Koopa screams blue shell <laughs> and ducks into his shell and grows wings or, or had the wings the whole time, I guess, uh, flies after them and, and blows up Mario and Kong who are on the same cart at that point. Um, it's like shouting like gas when you press on the gas in the car or something like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, so, this is the thing I'm doing. It's, it's, I hated this. Like, this is just another egregious example of like, we need, we need something like, it's also somewhat incredible that they like, okay, we need a way to finish this scene, this encounter. And like, what can we use from the giant repertoire of like Mario skills? Mm -hmm. Can we use, Oh, a blue shell works, but it's so forced because yeah. it's why why it, did it it almost felt like it had to be a blue shell from before the scene started like knowing from the from the trailer that they were going to be in carts i was like there's going to be a blue shell here right because that's like the most iconic thing about a mario kart power up um but but yeah the way it's done by screaming blue shell is like uh <laughs> like you're too much i'm I will say again to counter our negativity, the children behind us laughing so much. They love this movie. This movie is good for its target audience. And I don't want to come across too curmudgeonly. It's even though I am definitely a curmudgeon. I'm a real cranky Kong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I you're really cranking that Kong. Wait. Oh, whoa. <laughs> what I'm saying though, is that like, I don't hate the existence of this movie. Because I think, like, my nephew would love this movie. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but um, th there, there's an audience for this movie, and they're going to have a great time, and it is fun for who it's fun for. Um, but stuff like this just really, <laughs> like, it feels tired and, like, exhausting for me as an yeah, audience member. It's just, it could be so much better, right? Yeah. And, that's, and that's what bums me out. And it's not, and I, I'm not saying this is the argument you're making, but I think so often you hear the oh well it's a kid's movie like what did you expect it's yeah like, right right it, it i get could, you like there's so many like 
Toy Story is a quote unquote kids movie, right? But there's plenty in that for like even an adult to enjoy right. or name countless other animated films. Like I think I think it's it's real it's real shitty to kind of do that. It's like both insulting to the film and to mm-hmm. just media in general to just say like this whole section you can only have so much expectations for it because of like because like most children's movies are animated so like you're just saying that like you just can't have that high of an expectation for animated films um or yeah. at least mainline ones which are mostly geared towards children and it's like like there could be there could have been so much more here and i mean we've named countless examples in the past of like great animated films that like oh yeah go beyond to just like appealing towards children yeah um and i mean i think there there are things here that many adults will like too especially the references like some people live for that stuff but i it just even 90 minutes is too long for just soaking in that to me and i was getting very tired by the end of the movie which we're getting close to this has been one of our longest episodes i think so we should we should get there um i'm gonna i'm gonna move us forward quickly kong and and mario sink down off the like the rainbow ridge blows up with the blue shell they fall down into the ocean and everyone kind of assumes they're dead uh peach and toad have joined onto toads uh, onto peach's bike at that point and they're just like no okay we gotta go um and they are racing back to the mushroom kingdom to warn everyone that bowser is coming because they lost the kong army and they lost mario which feels a little weird that peach like peach breaks into the room with all the like toad council and they're like what happened and she's like i lost the kong army and mario and like the last time they heard anything about mario it was he's unimportant don't worry about him (laughs) right (laughs) so they're probably like um you're okay (laughs) let's focus on the toad or the kong army you lost um but no uh she wants everyone to evacuate and she is going to stand alone and and fight bowser um toad says i told you i'm not gonna give up on you and he's gonna fight bowser too um but but the Kong army, this supposed like real threat to Bowser's success, they, when the Rainbow Road gets blown up, stop their carts and a bunch of Koopa clown cars fly in and just grab them all up and they put up no effort, no fight. Yeah. Like they're gorillas. <laughs> they can't do anything. Um, so they all just get kidnapped and put in the jail and then we get more of that stupid Luma talking about death. Um, and then basically bowser arrives at the mushroom kingdom and makes his plea he says peach i want to rule with you (laughs) you have the superstar will be immortal which apparently is what the superstar will do for you i like that i didn't know that (laughs) um but we'll be immortal rulers together and uh peach is like uh ew disgusting and he says all right well i'm gonna blow up your fucking kingdom then um to which peach says all right just don't hurt my toads and you you got it i'll marry you that'll be it yeah uh secretly she is hatching a plan uh, once she gets led into the uh uh the castle um and bowser is wearing his um mario odyssey wedding outfit and i think she is too maybe or some variation of it uh her her Um, wedding dress yeah i mean it just seems like a standard wedding dress i mean the the bowser yeah just yeah the bowser stuff seems more direct because it is definitely the hat with his it's little bowser symbol hat. yeah yeah uh in the, um, the the bouquet of mini piranha plants speaking of bouquets that's peach's plan uh she gets a bouquet of flowers from toad 
uh, which it's very obvious that there is a, there's something going on with this bouquet of flowers. But when we get to the actual ceremony, uh, we get some fun references where like King Babam is in the audience, uh, uh, the congregation. What do you call it for a wedding? Uh, the audience? It, yeah, yeah. Congregation? I don't think it's yeah, a congregation because that sounds too Right, religious. that's more church. Yeah. The huh. assembled? Yeah. Um, and King Boo is also there. So I, I like the idea that there's like these other evil royals that are present for Bowser's uh, wedding. Um, and uh, all of the prisoners are going to be lowered into a pit of lava as a sacrifice to honor Peach for the wedding, which I just wish at some point she would have said, I don't want that. Stop. Yeah, but like she doesn't. That's it's weird that she, she doesn't fight back on that. Not at all. Yeah, <laughs> instead protests. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, instead she pulls. Uh, uh, well, I was surprised to see an ice flower out of her uh, her bouquet and and turns into a blue ice peach and uh, freezes the mechanism that is lowering everyone to the lava just before um uh luigi is like almost dunked in lava and almost dead the luma's like finally i get to die yes sweet um, release which like that that would have been it right one time you have the yeah. luma say something depressing then you come back at the end of the movie when we've kind of forgotten about the luma and go oh finally i get to die perfect setup and delivery instead they had it five times in between where it's like just saying more and more shit like that um it's just restraint you need restraint in these things meanwhile uh the eel from mario 64 has consumed donkey kong and mario they are at the bottom of the ocean inside this thing's belly and even though mario just saved donkey kong because he um his head gets hit in uh in their crash and he's like unconscious under the water and mario pulls him up to the surface and he's like thankful to him um even though that has just happened, now we need to have them fight again because this movie doesn't care about the last scene that happened. It only cares about the scene we're in, in this moment. Um, and he's like, this is your fault. You got us in here. And Mario's like, it's not my fault. It's your fault. And they are saved by the eel belching, launching them forward in the eel's body where they find another one of Donkey Kong's rockets. And now all of a sudden they're happy with each other they like fist bump or something stupid and launch the rocket out of the eel. Um, which <laughs> wouldn't it just crash inside the eel and then they all blow up and that's it. But instead they, they come out of the eels mouth, fly off into the sky. They um, make their way to uh, the uh, mushroom kingdom and arrive just in time to big action sequence I'm I'm going real fast here, but yeah, I want to take a quick pause just for a second. Um, for because that scene I referenced it earlier when we were talking, the scene with them inside the eel, like that. I mean, it's like a proverbial, like inside the belly of the beast scenario. So many stories use that exact same scenario to like push for character growth, and there's none of that between those two characters yeah. and that's right. like they just kind of go through the motions of it but then have it go no nah, never mind we're fine yeah and then they just have a resolution but yes like you said they ride the remaining rocket from donkey kong's cart to uh back to the mushroom kingdom um they intercede the wedding that is uh that peach has already interrupted 
and I forget how this plays out. I know Peach has frozen, like you said, she's frozen the mechanism that's been lowering the cages, so saved everyone from being uh, yeah. dissolved in lava. She's also frozen Bowser temporarily, like he is frozen on yes. the on the wet wedding at the front of the wedding. Um, what happens next? So she fights off like again we're using the word audience for people at the the wedding she ends up um getting some uh lava on the end of a spear and throwing that at king babam and blowing him up um, yeah. which just means he's dead um <laughs> uh, uh, but um oh and also so donkey kong and mario land in toad town they don't land in the recession they have to like climb their right, way they up. fight their way up yeah right and that's where which, donkey kong gets the fire flower and we get a powered up donkey kong which is fun to see yeah and mario gets the tanuki suit uh-huh. and uh gets to fly around and tail whip everybody he yeah. also Good. smashes a bunch of goombas which they only show for like a millisecond him. oh i didn't even think about it yeah because they do that shot that they did when they were in brooklyn at the beginning of the movie where it goes like full like 2d so it looks like the platformer and they do that again with donkey kong and mario and mario is just smashing so many goombas in the foreground and you only see it for a brief second and i'm like i assume they don't like linger on that because that's kind of like a gnarly thing <laughs> for him to yeah. do because uh, with the Koopas, it's fine because you just pop on them and they go back. They recede to their in shell. The shell, yeah. You throw the shell. You don't have to. You don't have to think about the brutal like <laughs> mechanics of a fucking gorilla crushing your skull. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So powered up, they arrive. They they help join in the fight. Um. Mario Tanuki flies over to, um. Uh, Luigi just as he's like his his cage bottom has been melted off by the lava that's how uh, how lower he has gotten because the ice melts on the mechanism that Peach was dealing with um, oh and then Peach loses her ice powers just as Bowser breaks out of the ice because um, the King Bob-omb explodes and that like throws her forward and hits her on the steps and she like takes enough damage to lose her power. They established earlier in the movie. If you get hit, uh, then you lose your power up. Um, so peach has no power up. Mario has the Tanuki suit. Bowser breaks out of the ice and he shouts like he says, <laughs> he says blue shell. No, he <laughs> says release the bomb bill is what I think he says, not bullet bill. He says release the bomber bill, which is the bomber large, bill. which is, I've always referred to it as a bonsai bill, which is the giant bullet they, definitely bill. Definitely in like Super Mario World, I think they yeah, call it that. A, apparently, it has been retconned in to America to bomber bill, which is bullshit. Well, is there something inappropriate about bonsai that we're not like maybe but i mean like i i can i mean you can cut this <laughs> is <laughs> okay. it is it a little too kamikaze pilot to go bonsai bill may probably but yeah that's I don't probably know, why bonsai bill's done cool that name, though it is but like bonsai the plant with an s i think it's an s that's like a very japanese thing and to have i, I, I it's sticky right that's sticky yeah, yeah. area i, I get don't know it. about I that get it. i get it but I was also thrown off because I know I've known it as a bonsai bill, not a bomber bill. But yes, it, yeah, the bomber bill is the big bullet bill. So he says, "Release bo- bomber bill!" And out of the volcano, this super giant bullet bill type uh, 
thing uh, rises up, and like, Mario like a says, nuke. "It's yeah, like a nuclear like, missile. The way it fires out of the thing." That is absolutely what they're going for, um, and it is going to nuke straight down onto the mushroom uh, onto Princess Peach's castle. Um, Mario takes off in this nuki suit. He ends up at the last second because he can't stop it. Everything he's doing isn't isn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. He he does the tail spin with the Tanuki suit and whaps it in the eye. And although that doesn't hurt the bullet bill, it's enough to get its attention. And at the very last second, it deviates away from blowing up Princess Peach's castle and chases him. Yeah, I like that. It, it like it does that, and it stops right at the top of the flagpole that's on the peak of the castle and then it like yeah. blinks to turn its eye and like it's blinking just sounds like metal scraping on metal like there's oh, good yeah, yeah. sound design with the yeah. bomber bill um and then he does something that i thought was a big mistake which is he flies towards the portal to brooklyn <laughs> with this bullet bill chasing him yeah. and thankfully the movie was ahead of you know that logic it when he goes through or mario doesn't go through the portal he in slow motion yells mamma mia uh and does a backflip as bullet bill goes through the the pipe but as soon as bullet bill exits the pipe he is in the clouds not in brooklyn thankfully mm-hmm. and explodes his nuke there a national which, tragedy rocks new york city this evening right i mean a that's giant- like what the fuck <laughs> well it's not not that either though right because yeah. he blows up the warp pipe system which causes like a rippling effect of magical energy that rolls over all of the mushroom kingdom and ends up much like the 1993 movie. (laughs) Yeah. What is happening? Bringing Bowser and his army to Brooklyn. Um, So the whole Bowser's castle is just there in the streets. People are freaking out. Um, (laughs) Millions dead. Millions. Well, they don't go into that, but it would have, killed at least a couple blocks worth of people yeah but they like have the, this thing manifest that there. that floating island lava island is pretty big and it just falls in in the borough yeah um but uh we get like bowser's in full rage mode he is like they, I, I, I i talked about this too they they shrink down his pupils and make them red and that is such a fucking crazy look like it it worked for me to see him that angry and that like just outrageously uh uh violent and he starts beating the shit out of mario in the worst ways possible and mario's like they didn't the whole movie no one has ever gotten damaged no matter what happened you know like damage was losing your power up but at this point in the movie mario's like getting bruised and bloodied and maybe not bloodied but like looking rough yeah and he like uh ends up in the pizzeria the punch out pizzeria and he's like remembering moments from the movie because you know audiences are too stupid to keep up according to the directors um, <laughs> uh but he's like oh well i told my brother that we could get through anything together and that's what i'm gonna do and i've always stood up to bad guys like spike i'm gonna stand up to this guy so even though he's broken he gets up and he's ready for the fight again it's a very captain america picking up thor's hammer <laughs> kind yeah. of moment i guess um and he steps out on the street and he's gonna you know he's like telling bowser he's not gonna stand down and bowser is about to obliterate him with flame bowser has shown in this movie that he can melt the entire ice kingdom's castle with his breath weapon so like he he could easily destroy mario 
Um, he destroys a Koopa the, Troopa at one point. <laughs> he like, yeah, just to bones. <laughs> yeah, it's a good yeah. visual gag where he turns a Koopa yes. Troopa into a dry bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Um, he, uh, he, he exhales his breath, fire rockets out, and wouldn't you know it, the one person who can who can make Mario get through anything is Luigi. He jumps in with a, uh, a sewer lid shield and catches the the flame and saves Mario. Um, Peach hits a Koopa, turns him into a shell, uh, throws it at the power star that is behind Bowser, launches it to Mario. Mario and Luigi grab the power star together and become the super Mario brothers movie. They then just, you know, it's, it's the end of the Sonic movie. It's, it's just, you know, they're all super. Why'd you have to bring that into this? Well, because that's all this shit is like, no more can they be hurt. Flames don't hurt them. Punches don't hurt them. Bowser does a kick at them at one point that like, splits the street behind them but they are perfectly un unharmed it's a good visual effect that's yeah <laughs> a plus to that uh, they uh they start just beating up bowser um and once they have him like just you know like they've like knocked him into the sky and slammed him back down through his his own edifice of his head that is his bowser castle um they, he is he's on his last limb then I think Peach comes up. Uh, well, first they have to say goodbye, Gay Bowser. So, so long, Gay Bowser. <laughs> yeah, they both Mario and Luigi grab him by his tail and spin around and throw yeah, him. yeah, a good nine, a Mario sixty four reference with that one. Um, they uh, Peach shoves the blue mushroom in Bowser's mouth and shrinks him down into a little itty bitty size, which pays off a statement early in the movie that Mario said if he. Uh, I almost wish they hadn't said it because it would have been more subtle and better, but you know, this movie doesn't care about subtlety. Um, it, he says, if you ever come to Brooklyn, I'll get you a pet turtle. And now she has a little pet turtle in a jar. And he says, like I told you, um, but anyways, uh, Mario's family, Luigi's family, they're all proud of them because suddenly they're superheroes and that's what it takes. That's, that's the fucking lesson in this movie, right? <laughs> it's, it's not, if you try, you, you don't give up and people will respect you. It's if you try, you don't give up and you develop superpowers and save all of Brooklyn, yeah. then people will respect you because spikes like we're saved by the super Mario brothers. Um, if you cause a, a multiversal uh, rift yeah. between dimensions yeah. and fight anthropomorphic uh, turtles, you will then get the approval of your parents. Yes. So that, you know, that's the problem I always have with these movies is like they set the bar where it's like, if you try, you you will be respected. But then they create the unrealistic outcome that no one could ever live up to. So if Mario hadn't accidentally blown up the gateway between worlds and sent bowser's castle to brooklyn his parents wouldn't know <laughs> and what would happen then i guess he would steal some coins and come back and <laughs> be like folks i could pay your rent we're a rich yeah yeah um man uh the last couple sequences uh are mario and luigi waking up having a cup of coffee in their respective red and m uh logoed mug and green and yes. L logoed mug in, in mario's um, classic childhood bedroom from the beginning of the movie that's what it yeah that's what you see until 
they step out the door and oh his whole apartment is now in the mushroom kingdom um and he has moved there i guess and they are loading up with their and you you had a good pitch for this which is that they're they're loading up their tools to go back to brooklyn to work as plumbers because they're getting a warp pipe i was thinking they're just working as plumbers in the mushroom kingdom either way yeah but don't there's don't fungi like eat shit though like is there indoor plumbing in wow well we i mean there's pipes all over the mushroom kingdom so (laughs) yeah they use that for 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 transport they don't use that for their intended purpose that's an interesting thought (laughs) well uh (laughs) uh-huh Maybe they're finally rigging up the castle with some plumbing. Yeah, like Peach, uh, has, Peach had... has been there her whole life, just <laughs> yeah. being like, "I fucking wish these people understood bodily yeah. evacuations." Open your mouth, Toad. <laughs> Gross, disgusting, yeah. Dylan. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have, you have. Wow. <laughs> um, two credit sequences bowser finishing the peaches song with an extra verse about how mario and luigi and a whole army of koopas couldn't keep him from her um only to pan out and reveal that he's very very tiny still living in a cage in the castle and one of the guards is a complete dick to him because of the stanford prison experiment if you have power over (laughs) someone you will be abusive to them um and that's not okay uh and then we, we were like, do you think there's another thing? Let's look it up. We looked it up in the theater and there's another credit sequence. So we got to stay all the way to the end because Marvel has fucked movies forever. And it's the stupidest nothing scene. We've already seen Yoshi's in the movie. We get to the end after the credits, the full credits have rolled. Grant Kirkhope's name's not in there. <laughs> and, and at the end, we are in the level one, two sewer area that like they would have had to pass through multiple times there's a little green and white shell and it cracks and we get the, the you know, the, the sound bite of Yoshi. And that's the end. That's it. We did it. We fucking talked for two and a half hours almost about this movie in excessive detail, um, which, which I think kind of sums up like it took us so long to talk about it because there are so many scene transitions. I think it's just packed to the gills with scene after scene after scene instead of cutting out a handful of those scenes and giving us something with like some character growth and some acting and some portrayals of real human emotions. Instead, everything is so surface level and so telegraphed. Um, and I mean, the literal statement made at the beginning of the movie is that, you know, as brothers, we can, we can do anything. We, we can get through anything. We survive anything uh, or, or nothing. Can, that's what it, nothing can hurt us if we're together. And then the final, climactic action sequence is them together getting invincibility literal invincibility um and it's like yeah i mean you said what you were gonna do and you did it great you didn't surprise me (laughs) you self-actualized yeah very good job um performances charlie day's luigi voice left some things to be desired for me but his performance was still good and luigi's fun to watch yeah (sighs) yeah <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What I We're say? In the car ride after the movie and you're like, I'm just going to say it. Chris Pratt and I was like, okay, I know he's going to say Chris Pratt was terrible. You go, Chris Pratt's performance is pretty good and no, I was uh-uh, flabbergasted. Uh-uh. Did not say that. Did not say that. Okay, Don't put words okay, in my okay. mouth. Okay, correct correct me, please. I said just going to say it, Chris Pratt, not that bad. Yeah. Okay. 
And I, I was just like, um, I don't know what to say to that <laughs> because I totally disagree. Um, I was, not, I was literally speechless. There's nothing. Yeah, you said so. You had like a one word response where it's like, I, I, I was like, uh. <laughs> uh, um, i didn't know what to say it's i'm not saying like it's amazing he does such a great job it's unbelievable it's like it's it exists it's a thing that happened i'm not like oh it's terrible oh. yeah i guess i was able to forget that it was chris pratt enough of the movie right like i wasn't constantly like oh it's fucking chris pratt it's just if it were if they did the very heavy italian accented voices the entire movie would that have been any better it's a good good question i don't know that it would have but it i don't know it was so nothing as it was that maybe a choice would have been better i don't know i don't know um keegan michael key excellent like all the way through i wish his character had more to do but his voice acting was fun jack black i was i loved every scene with bowser right like I was always like, oh, here's a moment of joy finally brought back to this movie, even when it didn't always make sense that Bowser was mad at Mario or whatever. I was like, at least I'm going to enjoy seeing Jack Black enjoying playing this character. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, fine as Peach. Um, like, she did it well, and I don't know... I don't have as many ideas about what Peach should be, because in the games it's always like, oh, Mario, you know, like... I like her. I mean, she basically similar to Seth Rogen. I feel like just used her voice and she has, a, I, I like it her just voice fits. and yeah. yeah. And it's the, she was good at the comedic timing for the jokes and she was good. Like she was a well-rounded yeah. character in the voice, you know, but yeah. part of that. Uh, no criticisms there. Um, and, and just overall, like, again, this movie is for who it's for. That audience is going to enjoy it. I just I, I was tired by the end. Yeah, I so says that ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Is that really where it's at right now? Jesus, it's it's still in the nineties. I'm pretty sure. I I'm seeing reviews that are like best movie ever, and and I you know I can't yeah, but but people understand. were saying that about the fucking Sonic movies. So like these people can't yes. be trusted. No, they can't be. They only only can't we be. can be. Listen right. to attract. Listen to us. We are the voice <laughs> of reason and truth in a otherwise untruthful world uh all right well we have anything else to say about this um we didn't talk about uh peaches like kind of small backstory thing peaches 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 peaches, peaches, peaches. uh right peach uh did um go into just the fact that she has she's been living in the mushroom kingdom her most of her whole life she grew up there and that's why she's very like accustomed to power-ups and things like that but she arrived as a baby, um, having walked through the warp pipe. So there is some mystery there, which is kind of a another parallel to <laughs> yeah. the '93 movie where she arrived in New York, uh, you know, as a baby. Uh, or, yeah. Um, but um, uh, she's she was found by the Toads, and they immediately started taking care of her. And then when she was old enough appointed her as their leader um which you know fine like that's cool that, that, like that all works for me sure There's nothing wrong with a d- democratically elected monarch yeah. i guess 
I guess. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> right. <a> <laughs> right. Yeah. Seems weird, but okay. I'll, I'll allow yeah. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also had uh, baby Mario's. We didn't mention ba- Mario yes. and Luigi showed up as they're like straight out of the video game representation, which was really weird because there's also a presumably baby Spike, but he looks painted for this universe and baby Mario's do not look painted for this universe. No. Like they didn't do the modifications to the character that they did for adult Mario and Luigi. So that's just weird. The other the other thing I, I don't like about <laughs> these, <laughs> this movie in general is the design of all the characters looks like someone could wear a costume that is exactly what these characters look like like an oversized head could fit like a mascot costume uh-huh. and then you just have like a human body underneath doing like you know like like i i almost wonder if there is a intent to put like in at universal studios or something somebody in a full mario costume that's based on the design of this movie or halloween um like selling halloween or, yeah. costumes but but when I think of when I think of the costume is not the kind of costume someone could usually buy for Halloween. I think of like a like a full mascot costume that okay. would work at an yeah. amusement park. Um, ba- based on these designs specifically is what I see, and it it just throws me because the head sizes are so big to the bodies that it looks unwieldy and wrong in various scenes in the movie. And you had like a visceral reaction in the one scene where Mario took his gloves off and like I you did. saw his like Holy shit. hairy Italian American knuckles. Well, I, look, I'm not trying to judge him based on ethnicity. I am also an Italian American heritage. I'm also Italian American. So I no one here is being. But I'm not saying like because of his, you know, like that. But it was just all too human, even for this movie. Like it felt out of place. Just realistic. It felt out of place for Mario texture. in general. Yeah. But it it was very like oh this is fucking creepy. <laughs> I just I just like heard like a a verbal like you like shifted in your seat yeah. and just like a verbal response to that happening. Yeah, I was not happy with it. Um, so but like o- overall visually the movie was fine. Uh, those complaints aside, like the Mushroom Kingdom looks great. Like I was enjoying that. I was enjoying all the little background, you know bits of storytelling and and character stuff that isn't you know important to the movie but it's just there um yeah it's a fine movie that's the rating fine (laughs) fine it's a fine super mario bros the movie fine (laughs) it's an f for fine yeah (laughs) hey dylan what are we doing next in this podcast well let me tell you nick i know last time uh i promised a uh certain uh, uh, fighting game animated film, and we we did not we did not fulfill our promises. Uh, yeah, and we are well, not there one. A lot of life reasons for why <laughs> we <laughs> have yeah things happen, you know, in mm-hmm. this in this crazy thing we call life. Uh, not all of us have superstars. Um, but uh, but we're not one to renege on our promises. So next time we will, in fact, be watching Street Fighter Alpha colon generations alpha colon (laughs) (laughs) 